you know what? You're right. This isn't true serum. Because I don't feel anything. That was a lie. I do feel something. <gasps> this is true serum. There's no such thing. Okay. Okay, okay. Now, I'm going to make this real easy for you. Okay. Where is the Ollie dog? Well, that's complicated because when I met Ollie, he was in a bad place. And I don't mean on his mother's teeth. His brother and sister were already being rehomed. And I was like, damn, Ollie, they're already find new homes for you. You're still nursing. And he was like, I thought it was going to be like this forever. And you know what? I feel like I'm alone. And I was like, damn, Ollie, you know what? You got to chin up because you'll find a new family. You know what? I'm Justin. And he was like, you know what? I'm Ollie. We're going to be best friends. Okay, hold on, hold on. I like a good story as much as the next person. But what in the hell does this have to do with where Ollie Doggo is? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You put a dime in him, you gotta let the whole song play out. He like human jukebox. <laughs> Remember Nana had a jukebox in her apartment? And only played Morrissey. And if anyone ever complained, she'd be like, oh, no te gusta mas. You know, as Chicanos, we call him mas. And then adios. What can I say? We can relate to his melancholy ballads. Doggo. Right, 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 right. So anyways, Ollie gets a new home and he starts working on the show. That's where he meets Scarlett. And Scarlett's like, I want nothing to do with you. Look at my cute outfits. I'm a little gymnast. And I was like, you know what, girl? My heart is all broken. I'll probably never find a home again. But damn it if I don't want to be friends with you. Fast forward, and they're all loving each other and having fun. And Ollie's like, well, I can't tell you this. I'm going to go take a poop in the living room for America. And then she was like, I can't believe you shit like that. I'm done with you, doggo. So Ollie goes on killing arrest, and he won't admit it. But his heart is all, damn, I thought Scarlet could be my new true home. I blew it. But Faye would bury them back together. And Scarlett is all, I'm worried I can't trust him. He's going to poop in the living room again ruin everything. And then my heart is all like that fancy raspberry Finley representing the podcast Red. And we're days away from going under. Ooh. Going under. Days away. Damn true, sir. I'll try to protect you guys. I swear to God. You know, I'll try to be a good boss and we're broke. And this episode is our last hope. And if we don't finish, we're done. That's terrible bossing. Damn, bro. That's on me. That's on me. Hey, enough. I'm going to ask you one more time. Where is Ollie Doggo? I'm trying to tell you. He's in a tricky spot. Mostly speaking. Emotionally speaking. Well, where is Ollie Doggo? Literally speaking. Oh, the backyard. The backyard? Ah! Bobby Yaga! Because uh, what all, all the other stuff she did, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, and Jenna Fisher really fit that. I think she fitted more yeah. because it's like that. That um, she's a smaller personality. Yeah, and where where Catherine Hahn just it's big personality. And she's like, I mean, the, the the scene in WandaVision where she like flips herself. I thought that was clever and funny in the in its own right. And then like her just like hitting the laugh yeah. and hitting the. So I, I thought it was just super well done mm-hmm. uh, from Catherine Hahn's point of view uh but welcome to uh infinitely marvelous marvelous we doing behind the scenes this one so we're, we went with the storyline for the first two phases have you been recording this entire time no just the last 30 seconds oh okay so <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into that's crazy into, super uh, funny huh it's crazy super funny yeah no um <laughs> so we were just getting into uh like wandavision and like and like what our favorite episodes and all that stuff were. Have you watched uh, Falcon Winter Soldier episode one? I haven't yet? watched it yet. I want to finish WandaVision first. Okay. And, and I have two episodes left, and then I'm going to watch Falcon Winter Soldier, and then and then I'll be all caught So up. I didn't know what to expect from... I've only watched episode one. Episode two just came out today. I haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I didn't know what to expect from it at first. I was I was a little concerned that there was it was going to be like too much action. It was going to want to try to be like like Cap and Iron Man to begin with. What I read was they purposely downplayed uh, all of the pyrotechnics and the guns and all that stuff in the first episode. But I will say there's one there's one scene. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's one scene. It's like a fight scene that is super cool, super yeah. well done. I mean, it has a little cheesy moments, but you can't have a fight scene without it. Yeah, it seems it feels impossible. Yeah, um, but. It was super well done. And what I enjoyed about episode one, uh, is setting up the rest of the series, is that it wasn't a smash and dash. They're not even together quite yet. It's them dealing with life after, right? Like Falcon has to deal with life because his whole life changed whenever he met Cap, yeah. right? Everything in his life changed. He was already having a, a different life and it completely flipped. The Winter Soldier... He hasn't had time. He's a hundred years old. Well, he hasn't had time to <laughs> sit down because once he like snapped out and all the things he did over those hundred years, he it was is was busy with Cap as well. Yeah. Right. And Cap kept him grounded and kept him moving forward. And then they were just like constantly building. And now that's all done. What do they do afterwards? And I'm glad they didn't just roll into them. Just keep on kicking ass and doing those things. No, they're having to deal with real life. And the world's having to deal with real life. Yeah. After after the blip, after everything, yeah. similar to like Spider Man. Uh, but in a different way, and I I, I enjoyed yeah. episode. One. Some people didn't like it. Cause and it and everybody settling back in from being blipped, and yeah. and and coming back from the Avengers saving them in the yeah. end of Endgame. So when I read, I read one person. They're like, "Ah, oh, we just want action. Like we're not trying to watch this for." And you're like, "Dude, if you, I don't know, if you want action, just watch. Go watch some. There's some enough terrible superhero movies out there that's just action, no plot, no storyline. Go watch those. Go watch the freaking um. And what is it? The with Sylvester Stallone and. Oh, uh, the Expendables. Expendables. Go watch those movies. I don't like them. I don't like them all because there's no. It's just action. Like in the, it has its place. And even the action, like I wasn't like, I wasn't like crazy. It was just having the names on the on a ballot. I, I think it's on like a bill. Clash, like Clash of Titans and all those movies too. It's the same thing. Clash of Titans. It, it, so me being a, such a, a something you guys not really don't know about me. Um, I, I've some of the early books that I've read were about. Greek mythology, uh, Roman, uh, like actual like centurions and the legionary. And, uh, like, so my, my, my first loves, uh, as far as nerddom go to, uh, Greek and Roman history and, and even just uh, medieval era, uh, uh, history in, in their, um, <clears throat> They're 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 not just their mythos, but the way that they they structure their 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 life and the way that they structure, especially the army side. I was much yeah. more interested in the war side. Um, so, say having said that, I lost completely lost my train of thought, and um, I was wondering if Justin had any idea the the things we were, talking about, on that. we were talking about Clash of Titans. Oh yeah, so <laughs> so movies like Clash of Titans. <laughs> so movies like Clash of Titans, I I can't watch them. Because they're so, so, like, Hercules. The only Hercules movie that I actually find mildly entertaining now is the the one with The Rock. And I said, my, and I stress mildly, but it's because they played the whole, none of this is actually mythos. This actually has nothing to do with uh, gods or anything. Do not talk bad No, I, about Danny DeVito and no chance. 
No way. I won't say it. No. Okay, that no. I do. Okay, I'll give that one also mildly entertaining. But it, as far as plotline and all Can't that stuff, Can't deny it. Oh, no, it's a fun movie. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like, it is. Uh, my I, wife and I loves up, that song. And I grew up on that movie too. Yeah. So yeah, Andrew, it is what it is. Our, co- our yeah. cousin Andrew and I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're watching it though, to like think of like the history of it, it's not. It's it's, it's so far. It yeah, no, it's so, just an entertaining movie. So uh, <laughs> uh, Chiron, who uh, trains Hercules. Is not to be confused with Quran, the guy, the 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 boat keeper for the underworld. Okay, uh, Chiron. Danny DeVito, go ahead. Is not a sayer. Okay, a sayer is what Danny DeVito is: the goat legs, the horns, a half human body. <laughs> okay, he is a, a centaur, a, a white stallion centaur, the only white white horse centaur, um, and in a son of Kronos. Okay, so in the real mythos. <laughs> It's not a short little stubby Danny DeVito as a sayer, which I would actually love to see him as a sayer. It'd be hilarious. No well, shirt. They're, they're supposed to be grapes. making a live action one you know, based on Danny? the cartoon. I hope so. That'd be so funny. I hope they have Charlie Day in there somewhere too. Like just like pops in, like talks to him. Yeah, like, this is a cameo <laughs> in him him arguing with. Uh, you know, Charlie Day is one of those little demon dudes. That might work. Yeah, might yeah, work. but who would you get the other the other one? I don't know. That'd be that'd be an interesting one. Um because I, I don't know. And then who plays who plays Hades? And also in, in, in Hercules, Hades isn't really a bad guy. It's more Hera. Uh, it, it, she's much more of a villain in, in Hercules' life than Hades ever was. Hades isn't really a bad guy in mythos at all. Like, he has his moments, but, like, dude, he is, this, he is the god of the underworld. Like, he yeah. owns more souls than anyone. But I mean, Hades though, as a character in that movie was really good and is yeah. still very, very well liked. Yeah. No, and, 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 and inside the movie, it's fine. And they, may, they may change it but for the live action. It's hard for me to get into those kind of movies. Cause I'm like, <laughs> well, no, you no, can't, you can't watch it for the, yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's hard for me. So I just don't. And yeah. then I just it, like, like, uh, uh, I just don't. And then I just don't, uh, bring it up to anybody. Did I'm you just ever, it up here. Cause it's, did you ever listen to the audio book or read the book? Um, hero of a thousand faces. No, so you sent me the audio book? I can't listen to that dude's voice. Okay, I have. I found the book. I have it, so maybe I'll give it to you so you can read the book. actual book. I'm I finishing just, a series that I, I read, um, got in high school, so just for nostalgia reasons, I'm reading it, rereading it, the, the Percy Jackson Olympians. Okay. And uh, which is all about a, a demigod who's the son of Poseidon, right? So uh, Rick Rorden, he, he, I, think, I think he does a really good job of, and like anybody who has kids, teenagers, I recommend these books. Yeah. Um, so he does a really good job of doing justice to the to the uh, mythos without making them um, unkid friendly. Okay. And uh, without uh, and then changing just enough to keep it original and then not being too formulaic as he goes on through a series. Okay. So um, stop me if you've heard this before, but this intro is going on a little longer than we anticipated. Yeah. Uh, this is behind the scenes we, of we what, haven't sat down and talked in like a week. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you guys enjoy like the little backgrounds we give you guys in the, in the intros before we get into the meats. Yeah. The mom's meats. Mom's meats. Of the episodes. Uh, this one is, of course, about... God, I can't wait for that apron. <laughs> I really can't wait for that apron. I uh, Dude, uh, once we get there, dude, the merch is going to be so good. The merch is going to be good. We're, we're working our way towards that. Don't worry about that. Uh, we, are, we are definitely working our way towards that. Um, but this episode is about behind the scenes of what made Marvel the Marvel you know today. And there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of what happened with the company going under, picking back up, going under again, picking back up, uh, rights being sold off, uh, characters here, characters there, and it, it all coming together 
for what is now the MCU. Uh, so we're going to give you a lot of a lot of good information. Before we get started, though, remember to like and subscribe. Please leave a written review if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Uh, written reviews we we not only do we enjoy reading them, good, bad, and different, uh, but they also help promote the show. If they are. Uh, <laughs> Um, if you want to contact us about anything, if we miss something in this episode, which I am sure we are going to miss something in this you episode. You know what you miss? That all that smudge is on your glass lens. That's why yep. I, I gave you that. I'll get it right now. Um, <laughs> no, I just. But we love reading. We are going to miss it. But if you want to contact us, because I'm sure we will, we're going to miss something. Yeah, we for sure. Or we're going to say something that maybe not quite true. There's it, more nuance to it. But in, in, we want to hear it because we want to know the more about it as possible. Like yeah. we're, we're very into this. So, uh, Brandon, how can they reach us? They can go to our email, which is hgwghpod1 at gmail.com. It's probably the best way to reach us. The second best way, I would say, is go to Instagram, which is how did we pod. And, or you can go to my Instagram, which is at brandonbro underscore 94. You can go to my Twitter, which is at brandonbro94. You can go to Justin's Twitter, which is... Just add just a Reyes thirteen. And you can go to his Instagram, which is add just a Reyes. And uh, I mean, those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, yeah, feel free to to message us, DM us. You can also go to our the how did we pod on Instagram, and um, there's a link in the bio. You can click that; it'll take you to a page where you can do all your all your good stuff. Um, and like donate, leave voice messages. You'll see our our our, our list for our um, our uh, podcast list, so you can you can listen to it that way. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I would say those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Um, so, what do you say, Justin? You want to just go ahead and get uh, on into the show? Yep, let's do it. Justin, it's time to talk about something that you're going to need in your life. And yeah, what is that? You ever gone outside and you wanted to sit down, maybe you're enjoying a picnic and it's a little too wet out, or maybe a little more dreary than you anticipated, and you like something dry and warm to, to, to cover you? Not a tarp, not an uncomfortable piece of mess, something comfortable and warm and dry. You want anything like that? Uh, maybe a blanket? Why in the hell would I throw a blanket down? Like, I might as well throw like a towel down. I don't know. But either way, it's going to get wet and dirty and then it becomes a bigger mess than anything. Not Oceus's blankets. They're waterproof. Waterproof blankets. Waterproof. Are they comfortable? Very. Very comfortable. And they come with, they come with three colors and they even have pocket sized blankets. Yes, a blanket that fits in your pocket when it's folded up. That yep. comes with three different colors. For like the little doggo, like Oliver. A little doggo, your little one, or whatever you need. Even just one you just want to throw over your head real quick if it's raining. Mm. And guess what? What? I got a step further. No. Sherpa. Sherpa. Waterproof Sherpa. You I can said it. take a try and comfortable as hell in a Sherpa waterproof. And you'd be looking baller, son. I'm going to have to check this out. Yep. O-C-E-A-S outdoors.com. Go check it out. Oceus. Thank you, Oceus. All right, we're back in there. Sorry if I seemed a little disjointed. Um, at the <laughs> it's because his joints, joints were dis inbound. <laughs> None of what either what we just said made any. No, that makes sense. No, no, I, my little girl, she's in a gymnastics. So she was a gymnastics in 
buying tickets for that turned out to be a, a infuriating and way more complicated process than it needed to be. Yep. So, uh, yep. <laughs> and, and, and I was already an hour behind. So yeah, yeah my, my alarm literally, it went off without a sound. It, it literally went off without a sound. And so this morning I wake up to my phone vibrating for a call for Justin. So I heard the vibrating from Justin, but I didn't hear the sound <laughs> of my alarm. So I know my alarm like didn't make any noise. Yeah. And he also saw a bunch of messages or a bunch of random messages I yeah. sent him. So I wanted to do the iMessage. Yeah, the first thing effects. I saw was just a pink and, and black lights like shining over my phone. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't even see what was written on there. It was just like this. Like my eyes were squint. I you guys can't see me. I, I did the face like you guys can see me right now. But I, anyways, I was like squinting and like just trying to process reality. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm having those lights in my face. Yeah, apparently, um, my wife's family and Marlito also having issues buying those tickets. So I don't know what is, is the issue with that. Uh, but we have a lot of information to get into, Brandon. So let's, <laughs> let's get ourselves together and let's get into let's it. Let's get it together. Let's get into it. We're going to oh. go all the way back in this one. We're going to go way, way back further than we've ever gone in any of these episodes before. All the way back to 1939. Wow, that was <laughs> super far back. Not like 10 million BC, right? <laughs> or 10,000 BC, I guess, not 10 million. Yeah, uh, maybe, but we're going maybe back. we'll do dinosaurs one day. Who knows? Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to preface all this with I'm going to just give a quick overview of the beginnings of Marvel. So, like the the uh, Kirby and uh, what's the other guy, Simon? So Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, they're pioneers in the, in the Marvel industry in the comic industry. They were moonlighting for DC and other comic books, and they were. They felt like they're well. People, the rumor is they were snitched out by Stan Lee. Uh, they denied that, or he denied it. Jack Kirby never brings it back up, and Jack Kirby ends up coming back to Marvel later because um, he leaves after that. So I'm, I'm I'm glossing over all of that stuff. Yes, Martin Goodman did good. His son was kind of a POS. Martin Goodman became a kind of a POS for his son. We're glossing over all that to get to the meats of what we want to talk about, which is the MCU. So 1939, Martin Goodman decides to cash in on the comic book craze by creating timely publications. Goodman was a producer for Pulp Magazine and mostly focused on Western magazines, which he kind of goes back to here in a little bit. Uh, timely would open up in NYC in October 1939. Marvel Comics number one was released. Number one told the story of an uh, android known as Human Torch and an anti-hero called Namor the Submariner. Um, having minimal success, Timely managed to only sell 900,000 copies in the first two months. <laughs> Obviously, so that's Torch a joke. Never originally was with the Fantastic Four. Well, it's a different character, but they Almost they have, entirely. There's a yeah. They just I, I don't I don't they know if they the scrapped name. this one. Yeah, yeah. They gave it to yep. Yeah. Um. So the success allowed Goodman to um, fully staff Timely, bring in creator Joe Simon and Jack Kirby in 1940. As I mentioned, Simon and Kirby becoming legends in the comic book industry. And of course, I was joking. $900,000, 900,000 copies sold in the first two months is not minimal success. Uh, it was a huge success. There will be more on Namor, the Submariner later. I know he's a very, very popular character uh, among comic book fans. 1941, Kirby would introduce Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers. Uh, a young man named Stanley Lieber would enter the comic scene at this time, helping yeah. uh, some, some guy. So he helps Joe Simon and Kirby with filler text in the Golden uh, Age Captain America story. Mostly Stanley Lieber... Would help erase pencil marks and fetch coffee. Uh, Stanley Lieber would later go by Stan Lee, and this is the last we kind of hear of him. Small footnote, but just kind of wanted to share that. Um. I don't even know why you brought it up. <laughs> it didn't even make sense why you brought it up. I, I mean, I don't understand. 
with yeah, the Stan- relevance of bringing up uh, the gentleman of uh, Stanley Lieber. Yeah, uh, Stanley, of course, was a teenager at the time and would work very closely with Jack Kirby. Now he went by uh, Stanley because he was still at this time hoping to write the great American novel. Uh, a lot of people at this time were in hopes of doing that, and he wanted to la- leave his. Real name for when he did that for comic books, he wanted to use Stan Lee. Little did he know. Obviously, yeah, Stan Lee, his comic book carries would just take off after this. Yeah. Uh, Captain America comic number one would introduce James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes. Characters like the original Vision, Wizard, Miss America, and the Destroyer were also introduced like shortly after the first uh, iteration of the comics. After World War II, which Captain America and Ryan Bucky Barnes kind of take over a lot of that. Boy. I'm not sure who that is, but it was... Mentioned multiple times, so I was like, "Ah, okay." Did he just uh, peed everywhere on everybody? That's exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> Maybe he's whizzing through town. I don't know. Super fast guy. That's what I'm, my guess is. I obviously, know who Vision is. Hopefully, uh, so after World War II, so Captain America obviously takes over a lot of World War II. That's mostly what he's built off of, right? He's facing Red Skull and Hydra, all that good stuff. Uh, but when World War II ended, the comic book genre began to fade and Timely had to pivot to Atlas Comics that mostly worked on Westerns. He, he is super fast. I knew it. Men's uh, he Adventure got an Traumas. Infusion of Mongoose Blood. That's how he got his powers. Hell yeah. So Mongoose Blood. He just needs to stay away from snakes. Okay. Or, well, maybe mongoose? get near them. Do they? I don't remember. Is mongoose is, mongooses aren't. Mongoose? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> is, it, is it snakes over mongoose or mongoose over snakes? Yeah. But. Well, part of what made comics super popular at the time was uh, they were off at war. Um, kids were trying to learn about heroes, and they wanted heroes. They needed heroes. Uh, you had darker times. But when World War II ended... Yeah, mongoose snakes. Go ahead. And people came back from war, and they started to integrate. They didn't really want to hear about fictional characters anymore. They had their, their heroes return from war, and... People wanted to see westerns, man adventure dramas, romance comics, and really anything else they could think of that would Is sell. Is this when The Mandalorian came out? Uh, some somewhere in there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it did come no, out after. It did come out after World War Two. Just just way after. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It was uh, like, just a couple. Just a couple three decades. <laughs> Stan Lee would say that this is the only this only worked because how cheap and fast these were to make they didn't put any thought into them they just whipped out some westerns and, and threw them on uh, the press uh, World like War the good II, and bad and the ugly so, so World War 2 would end September of 45 and uh, February March of 1950 DC Comics would introduce the adventure of Bob Hope which I, I, don't, I don't know but it was super successful I thought it was a kind of a little funny thing because Bob Hope was super popular in war um, anyways, June <laughs> 1950, DC would introduce Deadshot, and comic books would once again be hot in the streets. Hot in the streets. Marvel would have to step up to the occasion, and led by Stan Lee, they were ready, but not until the 1960s. So we, we bring up DC a little bit, just because like DC was leading the charge, uh, and Marvel kind of had to, to step up their game. Uh, the 50s still mostly focused on what I would call young adult stories. Uh, I think that's fair for the westerns and the, the mid-adventure dramas and all that stuff. Uh, so there wasn't a whole lot that happened in the fifties for for Young Marvel. Adult stories sound like softcore porn stories. It's, uh, similar, <laughs> <laughs> like it's not it's not quite hardcore. Yeah, but no, you know. I thought of like Jack London in like just like uh, men being on adventures and like wrestling bears and like because they're in the city. They don't like in, the west and pounding Vosh, but they don't show the pounding or the Vosh. So there was still a mystique over the west, right? The Western yeah. Front at oh, this time. Sure. So. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and and yeah, pounding of, of, of Vages was L.A. still being developed. I yeah. mean, um, it wasn't yeah, the, the 50s major is kind of cities. I would say even or like Portland, all that. Yeah, the forties there wasn't much happening in L.A. Uh, it was really like the fifties and sixties where it starts to kick. Well, that's kick in. it's all development. It's all mm-hmm. groundbreaking stuff. It's Which not, is why the Dodgers not, were able to get kind of the place yeah. they needed and uh, Disneyland the same thing. Because um, even. New York would be solely being developed at this point. Yeah, but I mean, it was a it was a bus it was in metropolis where, yeah, it was where a, LA was way. just a bunch of yeah. communities. Yeah. Um, so there was like I'm thinking of uh, the Great Gatsby. Yeah. You know. Uh, so the era, it's that it's uh, F F Scott Fitzgerald fucking Scott Fitzgerald. It's actually a very good book. You, you I love you, that book. Yeah, you, you lent it to me. I read it twice before yeah. I gave it back. No, I really do. Uh, yeah, I do. So the '60s. However, so the 50s didn't do much. The 60s, however, would bring Marvel Comics to the forefront and Stan Lee would cement his legend in this decade. August 1961, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby would team Why up to would create... Why he cement it? He'd never get it out. I mean, I guess he could take a jackhammer to it. Yeah. So they would team up to create the Fantastic Four and this would be the restart of the Marvel Universe characters that is more recognizable to MCU fans. Uh, so here's the thing about Fantastic Four. I, it's, it's had failures to launch multiple times since then, but... Why Fantastic Four? Why so? Why they continue to go back to Fantastic Four, and why it has become so ingrained into what Marvel is, is because before this, there was a theme within comics that they had to reach, uh, and Stanley didn't want that, and he almost left comic books after this. Before this, this happened, he wanted to create characters that were like real life characters that had real life issues. They weren't these glossy heroes. They were people. And even though they had superpowers, they still had to live in a world with real people and they had to deal with real problems. Hold on. What? Human Torch used to be Invisible Boy. Yes. Uh, I don't want to give up the rest of them. Then That was the most... You'll see some shocking ones. Wild. Yeah. Okay, continue. So they had to do with you had the you had the romances going on, you had uh just dealing with real life issues and that became more relatable to people. Stanley didn't wasn't sure if he was able to put that out. Uh Goodman wasn't really with him, but he went home and his wife just said, "Put out what you want to put out and if it doesn't work out, then you can leave, but if you leave now without without putting out a comic that you like and a story that you like, you're going to regret it forever." And because of it, they have um they, because of it, he was able to put out the Fantastic Four. Thank you for that, Brandon. <laughs> and the rest was kind of history with that. The Fantastic Four really jump-started Marvel. Um, and it would restart <laughs> universe characters. And he, and then now him and, and Jack Kirby can get together and start to think of not just the Fantastic Four, but now a shared universe that Kevin Feige later would, would also want to jump in on. Uh, Captain America in 1941 and Bucky Barnes being the first. And then Fantastic Four, 1961, 20 years later, really starting what Marvel is. Uh, Reed Richards for the original lineup. Reed Richards, a.k.a. Sorry about that. I, I had to blow my nose. I, I, I could not breathe. I was like <laughs> starting to hyperventilate, man. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, so the original Justin gave him the whole cut at sign. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to want to read the, the original lineup for the Fantastic Four? Yes, I do. Or I the do. or the lineup, anyways. Um, after my terrible toss, that I, I think you're <laughs> trying to put your tissues back where they where they were. Um, so Reed 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 Reed, Reed Richards, aka Mister Fantastic. Um, so he stayed the same, right? Yep. So and then there was Susan Storm Richards, right? Uh, aka Invisible Woman. She used to be Captain Universe, and then she was Invisible Girl, 
and then uh, and and Malice. I don't know who Malice. I don't know what kind of character that is. There's a new version of Malice that may be coming into the fold soon. Oh, we'll but learn it's a different. It. It's a different character. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. learn later. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Lau Spencer, Johnny Storm, right? Everybody calls him Johnny. Sister. Yep. A- AKA the Human Torch. He was that was I said formerly Invisible Boy. Yeah. Uh, that was the only difference. And then there was Benjamin Jacob or Ben Grimm, AKA the Thing, former uh, formerly Angrier. I like the word. I like the name Angrier. Angrier. It, it reminds me of a of a a, a Norse god, right? Well, because there's yep. like Frenrir, Frenrir Wolf, which is Loki's one of Loki's sons. Uh, who's chained up at the top of the world, um, you know, because he's going to devour the sun during Ragnarok, so they try to keep him. Nice. And there's also the World Serpent, which is going to destroy, which is also one of Loki's kids. Yeah. Uh, so what what makes Fantastic Four relatable is that uh, Susan Susan Storm, yeah. aka Visible Woman, she doesn't want to be a superhero through this whole time. Same with uh, Johnny Storm, uh, Human Torch. He just wants to be a playboy. He wants to be a pretty boy. He wants to have fun. But he has this great responsibility, the fire, similar to like what Spider-Man does with later, where they're, they may be gifted these powers, but they don't necessarily want them. And then to deal with everything that comes with just being powerful is... Well, the, the classic line, right? With great yep. power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I mean, think about what Angrier, a.k.a. The Thing, has to deal with being what he is. And, and, and the Fantastic Four really dives into that, and people become more attached to those characters because of it. Uh, mm. So yes, the Human Torch comes about October 37th in Marvel 1, but again, it's a different character than this one. Uh, Black Widow would also come about in 1938 in Mystic Number 4, created by George Capitan, uh, which is a cool name. It's a pretty dope name. And artist uh, <laughs> Harry Sali. But again, a different character than uh, the one you know. Saleh. Either it's way. definitely French. I thought what was cool, though, was Jimmy Woo was introduced in Yellow Claw number one, October 1956. Uh, and then he just kind of sticks around through, like, the whole thing. He's never, like, a big character talked about, uh, but Jimmy Woo was, like, one of the first characters created uh, that's still used now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, WandaVision, right? January 1962, Tales of Astonishment number seven would introduce Henry Jonathan, a.k.a. Hank Pym, uh, the original Ant-Man. May 1962, The Incredible Hulk number one was released, including Bruce Banner and Elizabeth Betty Ross Talbot Banner, and she would become Red She-Hulk. Uh, and Elizabeth, there, so there is a version of uh, Elizabeth Betty Betsy Ross Mace was introduced to Captain America number one, but she would become Golden Girl in a different character. Uh, there is so Liv Tyler's character in the Hulk Wait. is is Elizabeth Ross. Wait, what? Golden Girls? Yeah. 1962. Yep. Betty? Betty White? Exactly. Illuminati. Yep. <laughs> so, but there is a version. So Liv Tyler's character is Betty Ross, but because they didn't really continue that storyline, I don't know if we'll ever see the red She-Hulk, but maybe they bring it back. There is a possibility they can bring it back because Betty White is in the MCU. Uh, Hulk, Fantastic Four, and Hank Pym would yep. all be created Betty by White Stan Lee and MCU. Jack Kirby. Yep. Uh, August 1962. Betty White is totally in the MCU. Betty Ross. You said Betty White is in the MCU. Because you messed me up. I know. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I just wanted to savor the moment. August 1962. Stan Lee and Steve Ditko would introduce Peter Benjamin Parker in Amazing Fantastic number 15. Uh, Spider-Man did not get uh, its own storyline originally because good men didn't think that people would like the character. Uh, after its wild success in this version, uh, 
Goodman encouraged Lee to continue with the character that they both be loved from the beginning. He said he like knocked on his door. He's like, hey, you know how we both love that Spider-Man character? Yeah, he's doing well, so we should just continue that storyline. <laughs> After he told uh, Stan Lee that that was a dumb idea to... Uh... <laughs> anyway, August 1962. Like somebody's out of touch. Yes, uh, Goodman starts off with good intentions for this, and he does kickstart Marvel, but uh, the guy has... Terrible judgment. Um, be thankful that Stan Lee steps into the fold, uh, and Stan Lee was related to him, was able to get in and then take over because it gets it gets bad. Uh, August 1962, Thor is introduced in Journey into Mystery, number 3083. October 1962, the same year, Heimdall and Balder the Brave. Would, Heimdall. 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 Uh, would be introduced in Journey into Mystery, number 85. Thor and Heimdall. Heimdall. Introduced by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. March 1963, Anthony Edward, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, would be introduced into Tales of Suspense, number 39, Stanley and Don Heck. May 1963, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos, number one, was released. Uh, Nick Fury is known, but Dum Dum Dugan, you may have heard that name before, Mm -hmm. Izzy Cohen, uh, Robert Rebel Ralston, Gabriel, Gabe Jones, Jonathan Juniper, Dino Minnelli, and Happy Sam Sawyer, are other characters, I believe they are part of... So, in Captain America, the first Avenger, the Howling Commandos are who he's with. And I believe some of these are characters, but I, I didn't... Do they howl out? Are they like... I don't know why they went with Howling Commando. Maybe because it, it sounds cool. A, a lot of these, they definitely no, went it's, with... It's, it's all because of these. And yeah. that's like... You get like, it's like Dum Dum Dugan. And there's going to be more names like that. Like, like Robert Rebel Ralston. Oh, um, so, it, it, Dan, Stan Lee loved those kind of names. Yep. He... Absolutely love those kind of names. They joke about it in, uh, what is it, uh, that one show? Uh, what? I can't think of it. Anyways, and, and by the way, Dum Dum Dugan is not dumb. He's actually a very smart character, but he's a small, very small character. Yeah, it just sounds cool. Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. There's people think he's like, is he dumb? No, I mean, he's not like a super genius, but he's not like, he's not dumb either. He, yeah. He's a very helpful person. Uh, very small, minor character. Yeah. Jonathan Juniper. Same thing. I don't know how that has to do with... I don't know. I just wanted to say Jonathan Juniper. Yeah. Uh, Tales to Astonish number 44 would introduce Janet Van Dyke, a.k.a. Wasp, in mm-hmm. June 1963. Stanley, Robert Bernstein, and Jack Kirby behind that. July 1963, Stephen Vincent Strange would be introduced in Strange Tales number 110. Stanley and Steve Ditko behind that one. Uh, the X-Men number one would be introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby in September 1963. Brandon, go ahead and read us that original lineup as well. Uh, so Charles Francis Xavier, or Professor X, Scott Summers, who is Cyclops, the guy with the beams, you know, the visor and the beams, the laser beams coming out of his eyes. It really yeah. is the only power, but his, it, I mean, it, those super beams powerful. are super powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he has good, really good hand-to-hand combat. And he's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, yeah, good operator. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways, uh, Robert Louis... Bobby Drake, Iceman, uh, he's a freaking OP, powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he grows and grows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Warren, he, he's he's known as an Omega level. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's different levels of mutants. Um, Iceman is far more powerful than people give him or think. He yeah, yeah. because of the 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 X Men movies they made right because he was young yeah. before he really developed he was, his power. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, 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 he's an Omega level and Omegas are like the, like the cream of the creme. They're like go- is, almost like gods. Rogue is one too, right? Um, I'm not too sure. She know, might be just because she can absorb anybody's power. I know, so they're, she they're, very well. I know they're both just budding though in the movies. Yeah. But, uh, Warren, well, it, she gets rid of her powers. She uses the, 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 yeah. the thing to get rid of them, but in the, I don't, I don't 
remember any a comic or um, uh, cartoon storylines that she does that. But yeah, um, Warren Kenneth uh, Worthington the third or Angel or Archangel. Yeah. Um, and his yeah he's just big powerful wings. He's uh, he's cool. He he is in, introduced in the movies briefly. Yeah, uh, he's the son of um, what's that guy? The one that's always trying to shut him down. Um, yeah. Anyways, he's his son. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Henry Henry Philip Hank McCoy or the Beast, um, and then Gene Aline Gray Summers or or Phoenix or Dark Phoenix, who's also an Omega level. Yeah, Phoenix is the, the arguably the most powerful, and they just never quite get her right in the movies. They no. like they make some great attempts, some of them better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that. I, later. I feel like they casted really well for her. Yeah. Well, if, it's, yeah. I think it was a writing issue. It was a writing issue. We'll get it. We'll get into a little bit more of that when we get to those movies. Um, but again, professor X, Cyclops, Iceman, angel slash Archangel, beast and Phoenix. That was the original X-Men lineup. There really wasn't anyone beyond that. Uh, so Wolverine isn't there yet. September, 1963 tales of suspense. Number 45 would introduce Virginia pepper Potts and happy Hogan, Stanley, Robert Bernstein and Don Heck. Avengers number one, 1763. The original team includes who, Brandon? Uh, Hank Pym as Ant-Man. Um, and, and, and even in the movies, Ant-Man, Hank Pym, he was yeah. the original Ant-Man, right? Yeah, so I he, think he helps did. out. Yeah. I really like they did that. Oh, yeah. I really like they did that. A great casting again, um, obviously. So uh, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Wasp. So they have Bruce Banner, Tony Stark, yep. um, and then Thor. For Thor. Yeah. So no Captain America at this point. <laughs> There's no... Um, and then yeah. Janet Van Dyke. Uh, Dyne, Dyke. Dyne as a wasp. Sorry, Dick Van Dyke. They, yeah. <laughs> Dyne yeah. is too close together. Uh, the X-Men number four, March 1964. Pietro, Django, Maximoff. Maximoff. I like his name. His middle name is Django. Yeah. Uh, Wanda, Myra, Maximoff were introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Mm. And uh, Brandon was correct. They are the son and daughter of... Uh, Magneto. Okay. So Although there is other storylines. There was a, there was a, uh, the Pietro, I wasn't sure if he was or not. Or, or, or Matt Wanda. I Wanda. Knew, I knew Pietro They're, for sure. They are brother and sister I didn't in know every if they were always twin. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. In every iteration they are, uh, but there is different storylines where they're not. We're going to get into their, their rights and how their origin of being from Magneto, but then them moving towards the Avengers in the comic books. They really don't stick around the X-Men universe. Makes things a little bit murky as far as character rights go. Yeah. Um, so, and there's a lot of good intuitive character rights. Natalie Alivanova Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, mm-hmm. joins the universe in April 1964. Tales of Suspense, number Natalia, 52. Not Natalie. I'm sorry, did I say Natalie? Yeah. <laughs> Natalia, thank you. Uh, I was more focused on getting Alivanova. Natalie is like super, yeah, Alivanova. Natalia Alivanova Romanoff. Yeah, I was more focused on that name than I was uh, you the first. Put, you got to put a Russian accent on. Uh, that was introduced by Stan Lee, Don Rico, and Don Heck. Uh, you notice a lot of these names are consistent. Daredevil was introduced April 1964. Stanley's almost on every fucking one of these. Two. Yep, Daredevil number one, Stanley, Bill Everett, uh, and even the ones he's not on, they they say that he was. Um, they talked to him and he helped kind of get the character together. Uh, so he's involved in basically everything. It, it, and is Matt Murdock Daredevil in this one too? Yes, he's the okay. only Daredevil. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't know if there was like another name for it. No, and no, Matt, Matt Murdock. Stays. Yep. Okay. Uh, tells, I, I figured I thought I'd ask. Tells of Suspense, number 57, in September 1964, inc- introduces Clinton, Francis, Clint, Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, or Ronan. Uh, Ronan's actually a kick-ass character. So is Goliath. Yep. He's also known as Goliath at one point. Yep. Uh, Stanley and Don Heck. You do see Ronan, whichever is why I bring him up. He is Ronan 
in Endgame. In Endgame. Whenever he's just murdering all those people. Yeah. So whenever he, <laughs> he, whenever his wife and kids, kids die, and I think it holds up yep. in the comics, he goes off the reservation. Yep. And he starts because like uh, Hawkeye people. won't kill anybody. Yep. Yeah. He's he's much more like uh, like a Batman in the situation or, yeah. or Green Arrow after he he takes his vow of not killing people. But he's just so extremely. Deadly and talented in, in, in combat, yeah, in hand to hand fighting. And he really is. And so yeah. <laughs> he takes up the, the the twin swords, right? And he puts down the bow for Ronan. Yep. Yep. And then, um, it's just a bad. Like he'll he'll throw he throws darts and shit, yep. but he doesn't he doesn't use a bow as a Ronan. Yep. I don't so, know Goliath as a character. So he is, but he is Ronan in Endgame. So that's why we bring him up. Um, yep. August nineteen sixty five, Strange Tales number one thirty five. When introduced Shield as an organization, Stanley and Jack Kirby came up with that as well. Uh, nineteen sixty five, December of nineteen sixty five. Fantastic Four, number 44, and number 45. Introduce the team in humans with a lineup of... Uh, Medusa, uh, as Medusa, Chris, <laughs> uh, Crystalia, Amaquilin, uh, Crystal, J- Lockjaw, uh, Kernak, Gorgon, and Triton. And Black Agar, Oh, sorry, it skipped page. Black, Black Bolt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a show called Inhumans. I kept waiting for Inhumans to come out. Apparently it did come out. I haven't mm. seen it yet. It didn't do so well. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah. Oh, so they, but they, they are part. Of, they with, are part with of Kamal? MCU. I I'm gonna have to f- find it to watch it because I'm pretty sure it's from what I've read in the research. It was released, but it went like released quietly. Apparently, uh, March 1966, Jack Kirby would create Norrin Rad, aka Silver Surfer, in oh, Fantastic yeah, it's a television Four. series. I think number it's on 48. Like, uh, it was. It's on, probably gonna be on Disney Plus. He's gotta be on there somewhere. But I, I haven't seen it. It was on Disney Plus. It was Hulu? on. Uh, uh no, uh I think Prime. Maybe, maybe I don't know if they have a, any shows on Prime. Uh, did it perform much better with the audience despite? Uh, it's it, it IMAX debut. Yeah, they did an IMAX debut for the two first two episodes. And it was canceled after, after just one season. Yeah, yeah. By ABC. Yep. It was ABC, not not okay. I was wondering where where. I where. think it was made through ABC and it was put on Hulu as well. ABC and Hulu. I'm pretty sure you can watch it on Hulu, but I'm not 100% on that one. Uh, so also in March 1966, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. Agent 13, would be introduced by Stanley and Jack Kirby in Tales of Suspense number 75. Margaret Peggy Carter would come about in May 1966. So Sharon Carter actually did come before Peggy Carter, uh, and that's in Tales of Suspense number 77, so two issues later. July 1966, T'Challa, a.k.a. Black Panther, was introduced in Fantastic Four number 52 by Stanley and Jack Kirby. September 1966. Brandon, you said like you have something to say. No, I'm just I, I'm just You're thinking because I thought uh, no, I found it, but I thought um, they were gonna do. Hold on, I I I'll, I gotta do some research. Okay, let me know when you're ready. <laughs> September 1966 would be Marvel's first attempt at creating a television show based on its comics. The Marvel superheroes ran from September to December of 66, giving out 65 episodes. The series mainly focused on Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor, and Namor. Namor, the submariner of Atlantis, notably being the only character here not to go on to MCU fame. That was yet. confused. Okay, 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 okay. You're thinking okay, of okay, a different. Okay. The Eternals. Yeah. Because Black Bolt, I'm pretty sure, is was a part. It, it, he was a. We'll get to the Eternals. Okay, so I shouldn't say um, anything then. Yeah, we'll get. Well, you can save it for later. Um, so Namor hasn't gone on MCU fame yet, right? As Captain America, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor have. Namor, like the Hulk, is where we're going to talk about Namor a little bit. Uh, like the Hulk, both having their distributing rights belong to Universal, although characters' rights do reside with Marvel. 
gets a little complicated and confusing, I know. Marvel clearly wants Namor to have his own standalone to help uh, better help its audience understand who he is. Supposedly he's a kick-ass character and people are super jazzed about it. Uh, the Hulk is easier to use as a secondary character because he's already well-known where Namor's going to have to have an introduction video. I want to add one more thing just because I, I, it's going to bother me until I say it. Um, so it's it's Black Knight. I, I, that, I was confusing the two characters. And Black it's going to be the, by Knight. the guy that plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. He's going to play... Yeah. That character, Kit okay. Harrington. So Kit Harrington is the name of the actor. Um, yeah, I, I was just confusing myself, and I was like, "Wait, hold on," because I did uh, the research on the Eternals just for personal interest, yeah. uh, but it was a while ago, like a, a, like last year, a while ago. So I haven't thought about it like I don't think once since. So the gist of this is Inhumans, Eternals, two different, two different things, two different things. Yeah, but so the release, <laughs> so the Eternals are coming out November fifth, uh, 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 two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, so I not and I haven't read this part of it yet. I remember now that the. Uh, um, the Eternals is basically a bunch of well, we'll get, people. We'll get to it all then, over the and world. Then you can dive yeah, into yeah, it. That are aliens and then I'll let you. Are... I'll let you nerd out all okay. about it. Okay. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a super <laughs> super knowledgeable, but I just remember remember reading about it. It's all coming yeah. back to me. Yeah. Okay, back to Namor though. Namor the Submariner. Okay, yeah, Submariner. <laughs> yeah, it's a submarine that he's super people. popular. He's from Atlantis. Think of um, Aquaman, but cooler. But people would say uh, again, like the Hulk, Universal holds the rights. Uh, but uh, the distributing rights, the distributing rights, Marvel holds the character rights. Yeah. So the Hulk is well-known character. They don't have to introduce the Hulk. You know who the Hulk is. Mm-hmm. Namor, most common fans don't know who Namor the Submariner yeah, is. So it's more complicated to get him in. Namor still remains one of the most popular characters, not in the MCU. Uh, maybe something similar to Spider-Verse can be done. We'll see what happens. So what it is, is uh, the Marvel can use the character but if it's a solo Namor film or a solo Hulk film, Universal has first rights. They can reject it or they can distribute it. It goes through Universal first. So they have to work with, with Universal in that regard. So, so and they would have to do uh, an origin for Namor. They would have to. Yeah. They would have to. Uh, the series would include a slew of other characters in a 65-episode run as it would use pages for the comic books to help create a show. So if you want to know more about Namor, go back and read the Marvel Comics number one if you can find it. You can probably find a... a a PDF of it online, um, or go back and watch the Marvel superheroes from the 60s from 66. Uh, if you can find it, <laughs> yeah, Alexi Shostakov, aka Red Guardian, which you will see here coming up in the new Black Widow movie. Yep. Um, also taking on the Ronin moniker, moniker at one point. Uh, oh, really? Yep, introduced in the Avengers number 43 in August 1967. Now, I'm curious if Red Guardian they continue him afterwards, uh, or they get rid of him, same as. And just let Black Widow go on. I'm very. I want to see Black Widow. I'm kind of disappointed they're moving it back two months, but just because I've been excited to watch it for over a year now. Uh, but, <laughs> but it should introduce Red Guardian. You guys know who he is. Adam Warlock was introduced September 1967. He will also be introduced here really soon. People were kind of disappointed he wasn't introduced to go with Thanos because he's one of the main ones to fight Thanos. Uh, however, he wasn't. He was talked about. However, at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two in the post credit scene. Mm. Uh, he was created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane in Fantastic Four number 66. He was known by Warlock in this comic, but he is also known as him in Marvel premiere number one. So you can know him as him or Adam Warlock or no, Warlock. Like Adam Warlock, yeah. yeah. And, and he's going to be Adam Warlock because that's what they alluded to at the end of Galaxy like Super Volume 2. Yeah. Uh, they think they called him Adam. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. that's what I said they alluded to. Not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, a, he's a kick-ass character. Sorry. Uh, so... <laughs> He is super powerful. He's like a, I would say like an alien vision, right? 
Like there's there's different powers, but like as far as durability, he would match Captain Marvel in power. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Captain yep. Marvel. I, I didn't even consider because yep. I was thinking male to male. It was very sexist of me. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> September 1967 would see the Spider-Man cartoon series come to life, spanning three seasons and 52 episodes from 67 to 70. The famous Spider-Man theme song stems from this series. So, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a Spider-Man does. Can he swing from a whip? No, we can't because he's a pig. Oh, wait, hold on. That's Homer Simpson's version, which I love that they bring Spider-Pig to the Spider-Verse, which is hilarious. Well, he's... They make a cartoon too. After no, that. there's a there he, there's a comic book series with yeah. uh with with like the different. I believe it. I believe it stems though from Homer Simpson singing that song, which is hilarious. Let's see. Uh, the famous but the famous Spider-Man theme song does come from that series from 1967. Uh, surprisingly, Spider-Man super popular. Um, does very well no matter what he's in. Cartoons, comic books, movies. Um. Surprising. At the same time of the Spider-Man series was a Fantastic Four series releasing on the same date. Fantastic Four would only get one season and 20 episodes. Now, this is a foreshadowing. They should have known at this point. Um, thanks for that, Brandon. Uh, should have known at this point. What did I do? Did it? Was that you? No. Oh, I didn't do anything. Maybe it was me. Thanks a lot, Justin. Yeah, and then blame it on Jack me. Jackass. So oh, Spider-Man's cutting us out. That's why. So Spider-Man and Fantastic Four both get in a series at the same time in 1967. Spider-Man kicking ass, Fantastic Four doing nothing. Sound familiar? Nope. Yep. Sure. <laughs> It'll happen a few more times after this. I, uh, I wasn't really listening, <laughs> so sorry. I'm trying uh, to get my jacket off. That's why I guess. What I'm saying is you have the Spider-Man series from 67. Yeah. September 67, a Fantastic Four series comes out. Spider-Man goes on for three seasons, 52 episodes. Famous theme song everyone knows. Fantastic Four goes one season, 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah, that does actually sound right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Dana Whiteman, a.k.a. Black Knight, as Brandon Dana was talking White? about. Dana White? What? Dana Whiteman, a.k.a. Dana Black Knight, White? who Brandon was talking about. And then he, he retires uh, and starts Was introduced in 1967 in the Avengers of uh, number 47. Marvel, aka the original Captain America, was introduced by Stanley and Gene Coleman. Colin, sorry, and uh, Colin. I'm sure he doesn't want to be called Colin. Gene Colin. In <laughs> December 1967, I don't know why he wouldn't. Marvel awesome Superheroes number 12. Uh, March 68. A year Who's later, your freaking internet going to give me access again. I don't know. There One issue later, so Marvel Superheroes number 12 no, brings Marvel. Marvel Superheroes number 13 brings Carl, which is Captain Marvel that you know. Um, Sue Carol, Susan Jane Danvers is the human name in Carl. Cree name was introduced by Roy Thomas and uh, Gene Collin in Marvel Superheroes number 13. So they're introduced back to back from each other. You do see Marvel slightly right in Captain Marvel. She's the, the lady that helps her. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. October 1968, Vision was introduced by Roy Thomas and John Buscemi in the Avengers 19, uh, number 57. No, I did say Vision came earlier. There's like multiple types of Vision. It becomes tricky. Uh, January 1969, Marvel Superheroes number 18 would introduce the Guardians of the Galaxy. Brandon, read us that original cast, please. <laughs> Hold on. I was doing other things. Uh, January 1969. Uh, January a, a month before our father was born. Um, so Charlie 27, portrayed by Vig Rames in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Or Volume 1. Volume yeah. 2. Uh, Vance Astro, a.k.a. Major... Victor victory major victory a uh, formerly astrovic um actually a cool character yep so it, uh, just put in parentheses both of those uh was it not appeared in the mcu yet but is the future leader of the guardians of the galaxy and wields cap's shield 
uh, really pulling for him to be introduced at some point in the future. Uh, Merchinex Tanaga uh, appears alongside Sylvester Sloan in Garden of the Galaxy Volume 2, portrayed by Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, also needs more attention and screen time. Very cool character, although waiting for the future to be uh, for the future to be teamed up with uh, Vance Astro would be cooler. Uh, Yandu Undonta, Udonta, uh, straight awesome. Udonta, Udonta, yep, he is straight awesome. So, uh, he, so yeah, and, and these were created by Arnold Drake with the help from Stanley and Gene uh, Colon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the. Gamora doesn't get introduced for a while. Groot and Peter Quill actually don't get introduced for like till like the two thousands. Like they're they're later in history. Yeah. Uh, Sixty nine though you have so if you've seen Vin Rain's character at the end with the rest of the Ravengers, he that is Charlie number twenty seven. Vance Astro has not been. If you look him up, super cool. Vance Astro. Um, He's supposed to be coming in pretty soon though. He's Spider Spider Ham. Uh, it is is an old comic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so he was one before. Before Homer Simpson sang that song. So Martinex Tsunaga doesn't get talked about. Um, he does appear along Just Sylvester so you guys Stallone. Know that Justin's can be wrong even against. <laughs> it's okay. He's the guy that's like that looks like all glass or ice or whatever. Or um, and that I, he's, character. He's ignoring what I'm saying. That's Martinex Tanaga. He's actually really cool. He's the one I give any energy um, to. Arnold Drake with the help of of Stanley and Gene Collin introduced Guardians of the Galaxy. Captain America number <laughs> 117 introduces Samuel Thomas, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Red Wing, and obviously he would become Falcon in September 1969. Red 19- Wing? They stole that straight up from uh, from uh, Batman. Which came first, though? Probably the Batman one. Chicken. 1970. <laughs> 1970 would be a strange time for Marvel as they try to transition to toys and merch because they weren't doing that before for whatever reason and movies and television because they had one successful they had one successful movie with our show with Spider-Man and then another unsuccessful one with Fantastic Four and they're like ah that's kind of good enough wait I need to correct myself so it's Red Hood and Nightwing there's no yes. Red Wing sorry go ahead they stole it from the Detroit Red Wings there's, there's no, yeah that's what it was okay. <laughs> yeah go ahead this is the time where they would start to struggle dealing with character rights. It becomes a real By issue way, for them. I didn't have to look that up. I just remembered off the top of my head. And I was like, oh, you're a dumb bitch. You already know this. <laughs> uh, but first, let's introduce the new characters in the 1970s before traveling down a trail of short-sightedness, idiocracy, and brandedness. Uh, the Avengers <laughs> number 83 in December 1970 would introduce it's Valkyrie. It's pronounced Brandonocracy. Uh Valkyrie would be introduced again 1970. Avengers number 83 by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. The Amazing Spider-Man number one. John Buscemi. It's John Buscemi. John Buscemi. It's Buscemi though, and it's John, not Steve. Yeah, unfortunately. I was gonna say it was a Steve Steve's Buscemi brother. needs to be. I was gonna say it's a Steve's brother. Steve was, needs to be. He needs Steve's to be. Brother? No, he, but Steve Buscemi needs to be the other in the MCU. brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he needs to be in the MCU though. Yeah, John Buscemi. There's a spot for him somewhere. John or Steve. Steve Buscemi. The Amazing Spider-Man. Blues Brothers, because <laughs> Steve Buscemi is not one of the Blues Brothers. <laughs> I'm all over the place, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Steve Buscemi is an amazing human being. Yes. And I, I really love him in, in a lot of movies. He's going to be in the Fantastic Four. We mm-hmm. already casted him anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't cast Steve Buscemi. We, did we forget about Buscemi? We did we Buscemi use Peter out. Dante at all? Nope. Damn, we messed up. Okay, okay. Maybe Steve Buscemi could be the Silver Surfer. Steve Buscemi is the Silver Surfer. And, <laughs> Peter Dante uh, could be just some rando that they work with. <laughs> uh, he's Dum Dum Dugan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right, the Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred and one. Oh, we introduced I, I really, Michael Morbius. I, I really think that we left out Nick, Nick uh, Swartzen too, and I think that he would be the best Johnny Storm. Kevin, well, Kevin, Kevin James as as the Thing. David Spade as the Invisible Woman. Yep. Adam Sandler as Mr. Fantastic. Mm, and then and then Rob Schneider would have to be like. But I love Rob Schneider being Ula playing Johnny Storm though. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love every bit of that. Uh, Alexis wants us to do the uh, one of the Ula moments for an opener. Oh, I love Ula. I'm down for it. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to Mom's Meets. The Amazing Spider-Man number one would, would introduce uh, Michael Morbius. Who, there is a Morbius movie starring Jared Leto, uh, which will be released January 21st, um, released by Sony and Next Columbia year. in yeah. association with Marvel Entertainment. However, it is not part of the MCU canon like Spidey is. It is part of the Sony Spider-Verse like Venom is. Confusing, I know. Sony owns Spidey. We'll get Actually, we'll get into the, the Spider-Man rights later. Uh, so the trailer does have a poster of Tom Holland Spider-Man as well as Michael Keaton, uh, but that's Sony's way of making it think that it's MCU. It's also because they can use them because they're also both part of Spider-Verse and MCU. Again, more on this later. Yeah, Tom, Tom will be going between the two, right? Yeah, well, I'll explain that a little bit later. It, it, It's just, yeah, it's more complicated than it needs to be. Luke Cage, Hero for Hire number 1, released June 1972 by Archie Goodman, Goodwin and George Tuska. Marvel Spotlight number 5 was released August 1972, introducing Jonathan Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider. The Invisible Iron Man, which I don't know why they use the same name, right? Johnny Blaze? No, it's Johnny Storm and Johnny Blaze, huh? Johnny yep. Blaze is Ghost Rider. Johnny Storm is Human Torch. Yep. They like the name Johnny. Yep. I get for, it. For the guys that are on fire. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, because <laughs> Ghost Rider is heads on fire, and then Human yep. Torch is literally all aflame. Yep. Eventually, uh, Ghost Rider does turn into Nicolas Cage, then, which is weird. But And then you said the Invisible Iron Man. It's the Invincible Iron That's Man. That's what I said. Invincible Iron Man number 55, February 1973, <laughs> uh, introduces both Thanos and Arthur Douglas, a.k.a. Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, and um, Drax is way more powerful in the earlier versions. Um, actually, Drax was a human being in the earlier yeah, versions. He, he, but he was, he was, wasn't he made to be like his an spirit, anti-Thanos? His spirit, inha- his, his spirit in, um, inhabits a stronger being to fight Thanos. That's, okay, that's yes. what it was. I, I remember a detail, I, like, again, this was like a long time ago yeah. that I found out about like, yeah. He's actually a part. human in his family. So the, the, the newer version of Drax obviously is not the same as this one. Uh, Mantis is Which introduced. I do really like. I really like. Yeah, I know, and I love the Patisse's. Uh, yeah. yeah. So and this, they're, they're, the, the, I like the uh, the fact that he's an alien because it's the, the the literal aspect of him. Like he takes everything literally. There's no sarcasm. Well, it doesn't, and it doesn't have to add into like the human because Peter Quill. That's his thing too. And then you don't have to step on those toes. Yeah, and um, there's literally only one species of each on the guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Mantis is introduced in the Avengers number 112, June 1973. Howard the Duck is introduced December 1973 in Fear number 19. And there is a Howard the Duck movie that is absolutely terrible. Yep. If you were alive during the time he when it came out, you cameo. might like it. He doesn't make a cameo in the first end of or second. Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it the first one or the second one? It's the end of the first one because... Um, no, I think he shows up in the in the first one too, but it's like a it's a small part. And then it, and then he's... A, is he a Ravager? Or... Uh, a Ravager two. The only one, the only cameo that I know of him is after the end of the first one. They go to uh, nowhere where the collector, his thing's all destroyed, and he's sitting there drinking a martini, smoking a cigar, yeah. and he makes some a quip. I don't know what, what it is. is. That's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. the end of the first one. Uh, again, there's a movie. If you're alive during that time, a lot of people like that movie, but mostly because it's like it was ridiculous and it was over the top and it was edgy. If you watch it now, I'm sure you'd be like, "This is." Uh, 
hot garbage. Uh, 1970, July 1973, Eric Stones Brooks, a.k.a. Blade, was created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Collin in The Tomb of Dracula, number 10, obviously Blade, badass, certified badass, a.k.a. Wesley Snipes. Yeah. December 1973. A.k.a. Day, Daywalker. <laughs> yep. A.k.a. Fuck Your Mama. Yep. <laughs> 19, December 1973, <laughs> Shang-Chi is introduced by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin in Special Marvel Edition number 15. October 1974, Incredible Hulk number 180 would see a cameo by James Logan Howlett as Weapon X, a.k.a. Wolverine. He enters to stop the Hulk from destroying Canada once again. So like, I guess Hulk goes down there, destroys this guy's fence. This guy says, get off of it. He looks at him, says, Fuck foolish you, human, um, and then jumps over to Canada yeah. uh, and where he fights the Wendigo. Which is, uh, 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 Logan is Canadian. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they wanted to make a Canadian uh, superhero so they came up with. And so, yeah. So it was Wade Wilson slash Ryan Reynolds. Both of them are both Canadian. Bound. Yeah. And which so is that's hilarious. Why, why they, yeah. And, and then that's why, uh, well, well, one, uh, Deadpool wants to be just like Wolverine, right? He wants yep. to be just as deadly and all that stuff. Um, we're going to get into Deadpool in a second. I'll let you Deadpool all over it. Okay. <laughs> all over the place. So November 1974, the Hulk number 81, 181. Wolverine and Hulk pick up where they leave off in 180 with a battle between themselves and the Wendigo. They send Wolverine to stop Hulk from destroying everything, and uh, Hulk and the Wendigo are like destroying this forest. Hulk says, goes to stop him. They end up teaming up to stop the Wendigo. It's a weird kind of story. Anyways, Wolverine was mm-hmm. created by Len Wein and Herb Trimp. Uh, people loved Wolverine, and he ended up getting his own story right after this. Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm, and Thunderbird are introduced in Giant Size X-Men number 1, May 1975. June 1975, Gamora, Zen, Wolberry, Van Titan is introduced in Strange Tales number 180, created by Jim Starlin. I didn't know she had so many names to her name. Uh, You just mostly know her as Gamora for good reason. Nobody wants to say all of that in the movie. It would be exhausting. (laughs) December 1975, Werewolf by Night number 32 introduces Marv Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, by Doug Monch and Don Perlin. January 1976, Peter Jason Quill is introduced in Marvel uh, preview number four, created by Steve Englehart, who had a different plan for the character uh, than what was used. He would leave Marvel Comics after the first issue, though, and leave uh, others to choose Star-Lord's story and path. The Eternals, as Brandon was talking about, was introduced July 1976 by Jack Kirby in Eternals number one, number two. The members are, Brandon? Ajax, Cersei, Damo, Makari, Athena, and Zerus. And as we mentioned, the Eternals movie or show is coming out here it's, soon. It's a movie. It's going to come out November 5th. Um, yeah. and, and it's going to be, um, so it'll be Kit Harrington as Black Knight, which is the guy from, Go ahead. Uh, it's going to be the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. He's coming over, Jon Snow's from, coming over to play this one. Okay. Um, Richard Madden is going to pay Icarus. Um, we're going to get Kamal, Kamal Nanjani, who got freaking jacked. Who's hilarious comedian, by the way. Go, go yeah. listen to his stand-up. He's very, very funny. Um, he, so he's going to play Kingo. And then Thena is going to be played by Angelina Jolie. Uh, and then Ma Dong Siok is going to play Gilgamesh. And then you got uh, uh, Gemma Chan, which she's going to play Cersei. And then Sama Hayek is to play Ajax. Um Ajax, not Ajax, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about Deadpool. Um, <laughs> That's a star of the cast already, though. Yeah, and then uh, Barry Coogan is going to play Druig. So uh, only two of the original 
members will be. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, you got Athena and uh, and then Kingo, right? As we mentioned, Black Knight was introduced earlier in the comic books. So he may work with them no, so eventually. A- Ajax, Cersei, it's hard to follow all the Athena, so three. We got, we got three. Half of, half of the original cast is going to be, or actually the original uh, Eternals are going to be used in the movie. Yeah. So um, so the two, so yeah, Ajax, Athena, Cersei, Cersei, Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, September 1976, Nova number one introduces Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Nova, who's going to be coming here really soon, too. Nova's a kick-ass character. And he's created by Marv Wolfman and John Buscema. September 1976, so you also... Got a, you got a werewolf and then John Buscemi? I keep wanting to say John Buscemi. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's Buscema. <laughs> September 1976 also introduces Rocket Raccoon in Marvel preview number seven, created by Bill Matlow and Keith Giffen. And that's not a misspell. It is Giffen. January 1979, the, the James spell is the, is the and. I do it all the time. I go, I'm quick on the draw with the D and not on the end. I just That's love, I said. just love freaking popping the D out there and getting out there. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, uh, January 1979, James Rupert Rhodey Rhodes is introduced in Iron Man 118, created by David Michelin, John Bird, and Bob Layton. March 17, 1979, Scott Edward Harris Lang, so Scott Lang, uh, Ant Man is introduced in the Avengers 181, created by David Michelin and John Birdie. Okay. It's, it's just burn. Steve, Steve burn is so, spelled sorry, the same way. Yep. Yeah. Steve burn spelled the same way. It's deeper. There's so it, many names. I'm getting all over the place. No, no, you're cool. <laughs> um, I, I was confused for the longest time, but like I, you know, I get super into the comic, uh, the comedians world. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's burn. No, I know. I know it's burn. I just was, I whipped through it and I said bird. You stop worrying about that D and whipping it out. And I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm focused on the D. Marvel's attempt. Not surprising. To, so Marvel's slot. attempt to create TV shows in order to, uh, to keep their doors open. This time, the 70s would be the first major drop in comic book sales since post-World War II. Marvel once had dreams of being like Disney, but its short-sightedness and unwillingness to move to movies and merch and television uh, would be a tough blow to take. Uh, to make mm. matters worse, when they finally decided to make live-action content, they found out the I character's rights... Blow. Characters' rights have been given away by Chip Goodman, Michael Goodman's son, uh, during his brief stint in charge before Goodman retired and they gave the job to Stan Lee. He gave away all their characters' rights for like 2500 bucks. What in the yes. fuck? And, and, and Michael Goodman was pissed that Chip didn't take over reigns. They gave it to Stan Lee. What? <laughs> yes. I've been like, what the hell are you doing? I thought I killed that guy. Yeah. Uh, Marvel would end up getting most of the rights back, uh, but would be auctioning them off here later in the 90s as their company would begin to struggle and given the fact that they did not have the funding or aptitude to create television shows or movies they put themselves in a position where the only really commodity they had that, was their characters but that makes more sense just giving away for like a little bit of cash what the fuck are you doing and he probably pocketed all that if, money if too. it wasn't for Stan Lee's ability to create such rich characters and and, and not to take away from Joe Simon and uh, I mean all the other names you said right Kirby yeah. Um, yeah, Colin, Wolfman, uh, Bushema, yeah, yes, all of those guys. If they weren't yeah, able to, to quite create, a few too. Yeah, 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 if they weren't able to create these 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 great characters, they would be in deep shit. They would have been gone a long time ago. Uh, yeah. 1974, Spider-Man would be the first to get his own television show that wasn't a cartoon. It was a five-minute spot on PBS where a puppet Spidey would solve small crimes. Uh, it was produced in conjunction with Children's Television Workshop. It ran 29 episodes from 74 to 77. That's a kind of a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Especially for the for time. Kids. Yeah, it's yeah, for, for kids. Yeah, for the time. Yeah, yeah. The first first live action TV series also went to the Web Slinger after rights were given to Charles Fry Productions. <laughs> Stupid. I think, I think it's, it's... Why would they give away rights to Spider-Man? I don't know. <laughs> they did and it twice. A, no, they did a, it three times. I'm sorry. They did it three times. Yeah. 
the series had two seasons and 13 episode run from seven, uh, September 1977 to July 1979. It was released on CBS. Why don't you to, make a licensing where they can use your your yep. your person, but you still own it. Dum dums. For how successful they are now, for how successful they are, they were very dumb in their business acumen for a long time. Yeah, it's because um, they're all they're all artists, not not businessmen. And it sounds like Chip was just. I bet he pocketed that twenty five hundred bucks. I bet it didn't even go back to the business. I, I doubt it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, so that was produced by Charles Fry in real Columbia. See you next Tuesday. It was released on CBS through Columbia Pictures, and it was a real pile of shit. Direct quote from Stanley: "Just a real pile of shit." That's what he said. Okay, so when did is it the seventy like nineteen seventy well, that, didn't that hit, he gave away for like twenty? I didn't hit with you at all. So. Nope. Um, I <laughs> thank you guys. Nope. So Brandon, yeah, Justin had to put a fake laughs on there because his his joke. No, was Stanley though, but Stanley really hated and despised the show. He and all he talked about was like that the writers were incompetent. That the <laughs> was bad. Like he went in, like he didn't say it was a real pile of shit in those words, but like. He used a lot of other words to say that it was a real pile of shit, uh, and it was. It, if you take the time to look at it from the, the 1977 Charles Fry production, CBS version of Spider-Man, terrible. Uh, next up, you have rights sold for a TV show that was The Incredible Hulk. Although this one had better success, Hulk was given to Universal Television. Universal kind of takes a strangle of Hulk and doesn't really let it go till later. We'll get into it. Uh, the Incredible Hulk TV series starring Lou Ferrigno would run five seasons and 80 episodes from November 77 to May 1982, again, everyone should know Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Um, extremely yeah. successful. Actually, that's... Uh, so, the Hulk was my favorite character for the longest time. Um, and it because was because... Because he was next neighbors to Heffernan? It was because <laughs> um, uh, of Lou Ferrigno's Hulk. Even yeah. though it's like... it's You watch it now, it's kind of cheesy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so pumped. And, yep. and like, I really loved... Remember your Hulk sheets and everything, too? I did, yeah. I, yeah. I, I hulked out. Um, <laughs> real quick. So, that, that uh, Chip Goodman, who, who gave up... Twenty, all those rights for twenty five hundred yeah, bucks. Son of the founder of Marvel. It's like just under seventeen thousand dollars in today's money. Yeah, he was a, it was a dumb. That's dumb. stupid as fuck. I don't know if it was exactly twenty five hundred bucks, but it was something small like that. It wasn't a whole lot at it all. It was insignificant. Yes, it was <laughs> very small. Um, so Luke Ferrigno did well with Hulk. Spider Man was a pile of shit. Didn't do well. Uh, Spider Man would also receive a Japanese iteration in nineteen seventy two. This one's kind of cool. Oh, nineteen seventy. Well, it's cool. So it would run forty one episodes and have a movie. This series gave Spidey a completely different origin story. And uh, I, I would be all for seeing it come to America. I really hope they kind of make this one. Even if it's just like, an, are they, they talk about it in um, Spider-Verse or yeah. Enter the Spider-Verse too. So he's a young motorcycle racer named Takuya Yamashiro. And he travels to a planet Spider and is bitten while he's there. His like, dad's a detective and it gets really weird. And uh, very interested to see this one. <laughs> um, I need to catch back up. Uh, September uh, 1978. 1978. Oh, yep. too far. Marvel once again tries to create a Fantastic Four cartoon series. This again, only going one season, 13 episodes, mostly due to the absence of the Human Torch. Why is he gone? Again, character licensing. The character was licensed out to a studio to make a live-action film that never even happened. Uh, he, along with Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Captain America, have been given away with not much in return. Um, Hulk obviously being the only one to get anything out of that. The rest mm -hmm. of them, they didn't even use. So Captain America, Doctor Strange, you'll you'll see that they gave these character rights away and then the studio did nothing with them. And then Marvel's like, we'll take this back. They had Kevin Feige in charge. And they're like, this is what you're supposed to do with these characters. They are kick-ass. And the the rest of those studios got to be kicking themselves now. Um, they are not well, the only... So Marvel's not the Kev, only short-sighted one. Shy Kevin Feige, most of these people don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't know comics. So they, like, they, they don't know... They don't know story. Yeah. They don't know... They... Yep. 
do not know anything. What they know is business. But they're but when you're so they're far out so of touch out of your fucking money. product, yep. you miss on all the money you could be making. I've talked about it before. I don't know if I talked about it on this episode or on Podacts Only, but like why buy into a business that you have no interest in what that business is about? Yes. Like there's people that oh, buy baseball teams me... that have no interest in baseball. No, no, no. What you do is you buy the baseball team and then you get somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing to run it. Yeah. But and they're then, just, and all they're, they're worried really about is the appreciating about their, value. That's all they but care that's, about. But that's what you do yeah. is you, you buy a business that does really well, that has a great product, and then you get somebody to run it that knows what the fuck they're doing. So that way all it. you do is you sit back and you make profit. But why? But still, why invest in something that you have no interest in? Well, I, I, I get why. I get why. It is because I it get money from a basic business don't, sense. Don't try to run it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is is buy it, but don't yeah. run it. It, it just, Have somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing run it. But even even for me, I mean, I guess I'm not a billionaire, millionaire, not throwing, uh, be able to throw money away at things. I don't want to put my money and my time and my energy into something that I don't like. Yeah, but you you don't even put time or energy. You just you just buy it, and then you you get you get the person that knows that actually wants it, but he can't afford it to run it and then you you don't even have to make a ton of money off of it because if you're not doing you're literally a way doing, that works but but you're literally doing nothing it's like being a shareholder you're, you're literally doing nothing but you're you are just a face you're just letting it, it when get, you're an owner yeah so and and the people because even though i not be may not be passionate about it there are lots of people that are and you're doing them an in-service by just buying it just for profit well but but people it, don't but care. buying it but buying it you're not just buying it just for profit and you're putting the right person when you put the right person in charge you're yeah. what you're doing is you're allowing the right person in charge or the right person to be in charge but then you're also getting Sometimes into you're working, being a facilitator you're but you're also being a working ground because if you don't know how do you know that that person really is yeah into so anyways but then, i mean you it's because you you don't be a dumbass with your money you 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 do some research but some things like, are just going to okay. appreciate value but, no but matter what you do, though. If you're if you're looking at, you're looking to make money off of something, what you want to do is is you want to do at least the minimal amount of research into it, so that way uh, you can get the right person there yeah. before you buy into it. You know that I mean that's what you do. You don't just be like, yeah. oh, that could make money, and then buy. That's stupid business. That's not smart. You know. Okay. Mom's meats though. Well, we can go on a tirade about that for a long time. Yeah. And there's so much just bad business in. Terrible decisions throughout this this timeline that frustrate me. Um, September 1979. And I bet it's just comic book world, period. I'm sure. Well, DC has actually done pretty well for themselves because they were bought out by, um, who's the the parent company of, of DC now? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. And they were that was what they kind of uh, got lucky because Warner Brothers bought DC. They liked DC. Did you did you and, like Justice League? Did you like Batman vs Superman? No, I didn't like those because they put the wrong person in charge of those movies. Then, but for the longest time, they don't have to fight for character rights. They never had to fight for any of those things. Yeah. They just had to just to stick with their bread and butter. Superman, Batman, they're gonna sell tickets no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and I heard the Spider Man. I heard the the Snyder cut is incredible, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Um, September nineteen seventy nine, Spider Woman would get her own cartoon series, only lasting one season, sixteen episodes. Uh, there would it would be released on ABC, while a Web Woman series was also released on NBC. Uh, yeah, weird. Yeah. September 1979. Let's put a spin on Fantastic Four and try this one more time, baby. Fred uh, and Barney meet the thing. Yep. Yes, yes, that Fred and Barney. Yes, that thing. Nope, not successful. <laughs> <laughs> it lasted one season and 13 episodes. I like how you said that, and I immediately knew what you're talking about. <laughs> I, and if you don't know that, he's talking about Fred and Barney from the Flintstones, from the Flintstones yep. and the thing from Fantastic Four. Yeah. They tried that out. Like Fantastic Four, it's got to work. The comic books work. Why can't we get this to work on the screen? This is that's yep. The nineteen eighties. Wowzers. Let's dump into the eighties. So the eighties yeah. would dip away from we're the television do, series. We're gonna do the eighties and the nineties, and then FT. We're gonna do the eighties, and then we'll dip out. Okay, because yep, it gets it gets uh, kickstarts. Oh, 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, the eighties <laughs> would dip away from the well, television 90s series. Isn't too long. We could we could do the nineties. We'll do the eighties, nineties. Okay. So the eighties would dip away from television series minus the already successful Hulk with Ferrigno, and would begin adventures into movies for the first time outside of Howard the Duck. And um, but first, let's what happened to all my notes? Disappeared. Give me one second. I'm back. Um, uh, but first, let's look at the new characters. Uh, do you want to tell these yeah, new characters? October, October night eighteen. Sorry. Oh my god! Uh, October, I got heartburn right now. Sorry, yeah, guys. you're good. <laughs> uh, I, October uh, 1982, Monica Rambo, aka Spectrum, formerly Captain Marvel, Photon, and Pulsar, is introduced in Amazing Spider-Man Annual uh, number 16. So, is she going to become the new Ma- Captain Marvel? No, I think she's Spectrum. I think she's but Spectrum. people think the people bounce back and forth between Photon and Spectrum. I think yeah. she's going to be Spectrum. Yeah, that'd be more made more sense. I did see so. Real quick, let me. I was like, I was like, Marvel just got introduced, so yeah. I, I, I couldn't imagine just getting. So, so real quickly. quick, so I was watching the behind the scenes of creating Wandavision, yeah. and they were interviewing the actress that got the Monica Rambo role, mm-hmm. and she said that they just wanted her to to act like from the '70s scene from Wandavision. Yeah. They said they wanted her to overact, they wanted her to do those things to try out for it, and she tried out for it, and she's like, I think it went okay, but I don't know what it's about. I know Marvel's name's on it, and then she was talking to her agent like. Like, if this is Monica Rambo, I'm going to flip because she's just trying to get known at this time. She's, yeah. she's still a, a relatively unknown actress. Yeah. She's trying to make her way in the business. It's a tough business to get and into. She's, I, yeah. Yeah. She's a good and actress. Then, and then she's when they gorgeous. called her to yeah. tell her she got it and it's Monica Rambo, she said that she like, jumped flight of stairs. And yeah. <laughs> she was so pumped to get the character Monica Rambo. Yeah. It's a, it's a very well loved and respected character Monica yeah. Rambo. Not only because it's the first like African American female, she's, and she's but it's because ass she's a kick ass yeah. character. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it great was, casting. Again. It was awesome for someone who was who was <laughs> surprise, surprise in the MCU. They did a great job casting yeah. the right person. And it was it honestly it was awesome for me to see someone that just was like they were generally elated. Yeah. To get this role, it was a role of a lifetime, but it was a character that she obviously she loved. Loved, yeah. and yeah, it was really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but that yep. was created by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Um, so uh, May 1984, Venom and his black costume are introduced in the Amazing Spider-Man uh, issue number 252. Uh, his alien symbio- symbiote uh, would be introduced in Marvel superhero Secret Wars number eight. Uh, he would be he would make his first full appearance in Amazing Spider-Man number 300 after a last page cameo in Amazing Spider-Man number 299. Um, so number 300, is that about the Battle of Thermopylae? Exactly what it was. No. That's why they needed Venom there. Yeah, it, it, that's how... That's how, how do you fight a god without Venom? Yeah, that's that's what, uh, you know, Leonidas <laughs> did. King, he got the symbiote and he whipped ass right. <laughs> Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Literally <was> written in <laughs> Did you know I was going to do that or what? <laughs> yeah. there was, Am I that predictable? There were other characters introduced uh, in the 80s, but just like the last decade, a lot of them are not noteworthy. Hold, hold on, hold on. You're not going to gloss over that. <laughs> hold, the, hold the fuck on. Hold the fuck on. Okay, he pointed to me for that. Did you know I was going to go on that tangent? Sometimes I do what I do. When I do what is I do. Is it because I'm such a I'm such a big Greek nerd? He knows this. Though. I well, I had a feeling know that uh, both of us would be talking about Venom. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot of characters. It's Rambo and Venom in the 80s, and that's kind of all that gets introduced. Yeah. So it just kind of fit. Yeah. Again, there's other characters introduced in this decade, but a lot of them are not noteworthy or they've not yet been introduced in the MCU or even been rumored at this point. Yeah. Uh, Richter, Diamondback, Spiral, Boom Boom, Frenzy, and others are in this gen- this decade, but... Again, do you know any of those names? No. Unless you're a comic book nerd, I doubt it. No, it, 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 but I, I, I'm still flabbergasted over here. 
I go on my little tangent. You laugh. Okay, moving on. I look down. It's written in the notes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Threw me out. Like, Where the hell? Did you know I was going on that tangent about the, the 300 of the Battle of Tomorrow? Anyways, movie time, baby. 1944, Captain America was a 15-chapter serial film by Republic Pictures before Republic Pictures went under. Um, that was back in the 44, obviously not in the 70s, Boom. but it just didn't really do much. Encourage me. 1979 saw the direct-to-TV Captain America and his follow-up the same year, Captain so America 2, it. Death Too Soon. <laughs> Death Too Soon, yep. 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 But both so of them he, absolutely he terrible. Yeah, no, no. Captain America TV show, Captain America 2, Death Too Soon. Both of them went straight to video. Both of them trash heaping piles of shit. Uh, is that is that what Stanley said? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. 1986 <laughs> Universal Picture, co-produced by Lucasfilms, released Howard the Duck. As I mentioned, Lucasfilms does oh, by have. Lucasfilms. Yep, yeah. yep. Still terrible. Uh, 1989 Direct Two Video, The Punisher, produced by New World Pictures. Uh, every one of these sucks more ass than Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in Spideyverse, Spider Man gets a cartoon series reboot, lasting from September. 1981 to March 1982. One season, 26 episodes. So, I mean, they got a full season. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've been learning a lot about how shows work while listening to Big Doctor's Real Friends. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you get you get 13, and then you can get the back, what they call the back nine, but you get, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you get the other half of the, the season. So, Spider -Man, they, they at least they got the full season. Yeah. Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends gets a little bit more, less episodes, but it gets three seasons, 24 episodes. Yeah, and um, I watched those. And so it good. lasted September 81 to September 83. Yeah. Hulk got his own cartoon as well, uh, taking over after the live-action series ended, lasting a season and 13 episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, Pride of X-Men is next. It only got a pilot in 89, and it was not picked up after that. Uh, that is all for the 80s. A few characters, selling of character rights, uh, and dud after dud after dud. Rough decade for Marvel, however, not as rough as the 90s would be. 1990s, Brandon. Part of the journey is the end. Yeah, yeah. Part of the journey is the end, Justin. And, and which is 1990, New Mutants, uh, number issue number 87, introduces Nathan Christopher Charles Summers, a.k.a. Cable, uh, created by Louis, Summon, uh, Louis Simonson. Simmons and Simonson. Simonson actually does really good. Yeah. And, and Rob Liefeld. And, and uh, real quick, uh, yes, Summers. Scott Summers is uh, Cable's dad. Okay. So if people don't know that, uh, Scott Summers is the father of... Uh, Nathan Christopher Charles Summers. That's where. That's yeah. why they have the same. Cable's kick ass too. Yeah, and he is. He's kick ass character. Yep. And the reason that he has a medal on his body, I don't know if people know this. It's actually a virus in the future um, that that does that to people. So it's slowly taking over his body, and that that's why he has like that biological part of him, and then he has the the mechanical part of him, and it all looks kind of streamlined and biological that way. You're gonna get your chance to nerd out here in a second. August 1990, Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 14 introduces Remy. Etini Lebeau, a.k.a. Le Gambit, created mm -hmm. by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Now, Gambit was supposed to get his own movie. Yes, I, I don't, don't know, know how that's changed with Marvel or Disney buying Fox. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was supposed, supposed to be Channing Tatum. Yep, Ch the Channing Tatums. And, um, and, and I don't know what happened to that movie. Um, I'll look it up while I don't you know. nerd out over and this I next one. I don't know if, if Gambit is... Um, He's X Men. He's a considered yeah, it, but I don't know if I don't know if Channing Tatum will play a good Gambit because Gambit. I really like the actor who played him in uh, Wolverine. He did a, X -Men a fantastic Origins. job. Yeah, the, that actor is good. I mean, um, X Men Wolverine Origins, uh, uh, the Wolverine X Men uh, X Men or, or whatever the fuck's called um, Origins. I think it's just Wolverine Origins. I don't remember. Anyways, it was okay. I watched it a few times. I, I really I did like the action sequences. Uh, I I always enjoyed. Um, 
huge jacked man's performances. It was canceled. Um, so it was in production once the they bought out Fox. Disney bought out Fox. Canceled. It the, was scrapped. Okay, yeah. Yep. Um, and that had, does happen a lot whenever whenever ownership changes. Changes studios. Yeah. Changes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Even, even presidents change. So February, the best year, 1991. The New Mutants number mm. 98 introduces Wade Winston Wilson. Where is it? As Dead Fist AK or Zenpool or Spider-Man or what? Or Wolverine or Zombie Pool <laughs> or Dead Cross. So or... so the first time that uh, uh, Deadpool meets Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man asks him who he is and he tells him he is him from the future and Spider-Man starts yep. to cry. Uh, one of my favorite things. My other One of my other favorite Deadpool moments is uh, whenever uh, 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 Deadpool's on the ship in, in space with uh, just some random soldier. And he says that he likes the uh, new, the 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 prequels more than the sequels of Star Wars. So the original, <laughs> he liked the originals less than the than the, the prequels, the uh, Phantom Menace, all that shit. Yeah. And, and Deadpool just pulled his gun out and shot him. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, man, he wears many hats. He's a. I have a zombie pool and a Deadpool is a French mate. And there's like three other ones. Well, and the zombie pool is mine. I just leave it here. The nerd, the nerd Deadpool though. I almost bought yesterday. No, Justin bought it for me. So he I, bought it. Yeah. I, I am on the fence of buying a few more Deadpool ones. Uh, he's just a, such a cool character because he can do anything. He need, does not give a fuck. He does not care. <laughs> and, and I, my favorite part about Deadpool is his mouth. I really yeah. love oh, he's the Merc of the mouth. Creative or clever too. He is super clever. He yep. talks shit. He, he, he's self-deprecating at times. Yep. Yeah, he's very, very funny. And that's why I love uh, all Deadpool fans. I actually was at um, uh, the Burlington Co. Factory, um, and I was checking out, and I have all my Deadpool shit on. I mean, like, I have so much Deadpool clothes. I know we've seen our videos, but I, I have, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have so much Deadpool clothes. And I was wearing them, and she stopped me, and we just talked about Deadpool for, like, like 20, I know, like 10 minutes while she's checking me out. You know, yeah. Um, and, and so he's and Alexis, though, so just, told her to back Alexis just sitting here, uh, sitting there like, I don't know any of this nerd shit. <laughs> quiet. And she's antisocial. She's not. She's not. I'm the social. You know, yeah. I'm the social butterfly, and she's the quiet one. And so she just sitting there, nerd. She's kind of laughing here and there, trying not to be rude, but like yeah. her just nerding out. She's like, why are we best friends? <laughs> she's like, oh, you like Deadpool, huh? And I was all, yeah. She's like, okay, I'm gonna ask you a bunch of series of questions, see what your answers are. And I nailed like I would say eight out of ten of them. And she's like, okay, you pass. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Spider Pool was created by Rob Leefield who also created uh, a few other characters, and Fabian Nikizia? Nikizia? Nikizia. 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 I like that better. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the same comic Fabian, would introduce... It, it is Italian. So Fabian Nikizia. Yeah, the same comic would introduce Domino. Uh, April 1991, the New Mutants number 100 would introduce the X-Force, of course, without Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no uh, Deadpool in the original X-Force. Yeah. Uh, September 1998, Sunfire and Did Big Hero... you have a Hero. list of the original X-Force? No, that wasn't worth writing. Uh, September 1998, Sunfire and Big Hero 6, number one, would introduce... Big Hero Hero 6. 6. Uh, I I didn't realize that uh, Marvel... Marvel owned Big... uh, Made Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6 is going to be in the MCU soon. Really? Mm -hmm. They're going to do a live-action version of it. Like, the not the with the cartoon disc, because it changes it. Yeah. But of, like, the original Big Hero 6. supposed to be... Pretty good. Supposed to be pretty damn good. Because the movie was good. Mm-hmm. It was no, really good. No, it was really good. They just they just changed some things um, as far as like Baymax and all that. Because Baymax is a little more scarier. 
So uh, my daughter yeah, loves he's big, soft. He's soft and round. Yeah, and, but my, Baymax in the in the my daughter loves Big Hero Six. I don't know if I'm gonna let her watch the live action one. I'm gonna watch it first. Uh, created by Stephen mm. T. Seagal. She's five guys. Calm down. And Duncan. <laughs> he's Rudy. being a good dad. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, movies and the '90s. 1990s saw some shitty Captain America movie go straight to video again. Uh, 1994 saw Constantine Films spend money on a Fantastic Four movie that never got released. Finally, 1998, New Line Cinema releases wait, the wait, first on, Blade. On. They own Constantine too? No, Constantine Films. Oh, I, I thought the the the, the comic, comic book because yeah, I was like Constantine. I thought yeah. was the comic book series was DC. No, they own Fantastic Four for the time though, and they, they never released a movie. Captain America, another shitty movie. Uh, mm. Finally, though, there is a good movie. 1998 New Line Cinema releases Blade. Yeah, and that um, hits. Yes, budget of 54 or 45 million, box office of 131.2 million. I'm sure it's made a lot more since then. Yep. Uh, and, cartoons. And, and he's made even the the Blade Trinity. I I, I really like those Blade movies. Um, you know, there's there's some errors in them for Blade sure. Blade Trinity gets shitted on so much. It's one of those movies. That I gets know. I don't <laughs> know why. I I you know I do know why. I do know why. But um, there's some movies. Cartoon, I, I still movies. enjoyed it. You know, we'll get into it. There's some of the movies that like do not get a lot of love, but I I just I liked them. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to say that. I'm yep. not afraid to say that I liked. Uh, yep. I I liked the. Um, some of the Star Wars movies that people didn't like. So yeah, the the, the prequels, I Ewan enjoyed Ewan. all of them. Yeah, but Ewan I mean, Ewan. I grew up with Ewan, them. Ewan McGregor. Say something bad about him. I say something bad about Ewan McGregor. I dare you to say something bad. People still love Ewan McGregor, and they still like refuse to admit the prequels are good. They're like, well, what Obi Wan do you remember? No. And it's Ewan McGregor the ones they remember. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and so <laughs> it, it, you know what the problem is? Bad for is this, it's they, they, he changed the tone. He changed the he changed the direction. He made it crisper and cleaner. They're impossible then, to please Star no, Wars fans. Fuck too. Star Wars fans. They're impossible like, to please. There's a handful they of ruined, them that are good people. They ruined. They ruined these three. They ruined George Lucas new... and they ruined Star Wars. And then they yep. fucking made these new ones that are straight garbage. They can go in the trash. I, so there there are aspects of them. The third film was just so terrible. If the they second did the one thir- was bad. If they did the third one right. It could have tied them all in, and they would have. It would have made them okay. But the third one was so bad. I never watched it. It I, was I, I so just, I didn't. bad. It ruined everything. I, I hated the because second they were one. so hard. They were trying the so hard one, to please. Impossible to please Star Wars fans. The first one. If they would have done the second one better, I would have been able to live with the first one. Right. I didn't mind the first one. I can watch the first I, one. Again. Yeah, the first one's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. Parts of the second one, like the fight the, scene. Well, there's doesn't okay. make any sense the for first like the, one doesn't, the story. But no, the it, fight scene is cool. Where he kills Snoog like that. Yeah, and then and then the first the one, choreography though you got to kick ass. Kylo Ren has been getting trained since he was a little kid by Luke. Yeah, he's a, a Skywalker and and a he solo. goes <laughs> and and Ray and Finn go toe to toe with him. Yeah, in reality, not a chance. Ray would fuck them up. You would destroy them. Kylo Ren would would fucking destroy Rey and, and Finn. Well, it shows how powerful he is at first, and then it kind of goes away from it. So, and I don't actually, I don't mind it, it that movie. It shows him he's weak. It's, he shows him very it weak. It has his flaws. Well, anyways, this isn't about Star Wars. We can go about that forever. And, uh, then, so cartoons, and then they make freaking Harrison Ford kill himself. Yeah. Like, they help him. That's so yeah. stupid. Mom's meets before we, we get too too fired up. Uh, cartoons during the 90s. X-Men TV series would drop Halloween 1992, run for five seasons and 76 episodes. I'm sure you guys have seen it. Very, very popular. We used to play the game at Coles. The the arcade game was so fun to play. Yeah. Uh, ending sub- 19, September 1997. September 1994. Coles was a, was a local pizza place. So September 1994. Terrible fucking month and a terrible fucking year. Um, it's the best year. <laughs> it's the best year that I know. <laughs> I mean, they had a successful uh, Spider-Man. September was terrible for 1994. So, but September five specifically... Five episodes. But specifically September 1994. 
No, nope, ended in terrible. January in 1998 when her sister was born. Uh, but specifically September 1994. Animated Iron Man was released. Two seasons, 26 episodes, ending bitch. February 1996. Dumb bitch. A Fantastic Four animated series made an identical run with Iron Man. So uh, mediocre. It's probably the best run by any Fantastic Four series. Uh, Spider-Man began a second successful animated run, November 1994, running five seasons, 1965, or 65 episodes, uh, ending in January 1998. The Incredible Hulk getting a turn with two seasons and 21 episodes. September 96 to November 97. Silver Surfer making a 13-episode run in 98. Spider-Man Unlimited running 13 episodes October 99 to March 2001. The Avengers United They Stand is the last of the animated attempts of the 90s going 13 episodes October 99 to February 2000. And I've watched I've watched uh, all of the X-Men TV series all five seasons. I've watched... Uh, uh, very good. It was very good. Yeah, it was very good. I've watched all the Spider-Man. Also good. Uh, very good. I've watched... Um, most of this stuff from the 90s I've seen. I've seen yeah. all of them. Um, it's been a long time. I watched them when I was in high school, so I haven't yeah. watched them in a long time. But, yeah, I watched all of them, and, and they were good. And I think for maybe a year, I think about like, I was like 1920, I stopped yep. watching them. But even with those, the 90s was a, another unsuccessful season, decade for Marvel. Uh, to add to the relatively unsuccessful decade they had, one in which DC was crushing with Batman and Superman at the time, Marvel would file for bankruptcy in 1996. That sounds like mismanaged money. So, yeah. No, they're, they're terrible. Their business acumen is terrible. But Brandon, let's get into the FTSO. J. What? What's um, FTSOB? Nope, J. FTSOJ. Yep, you did the research, so I did the FTSOJ this week. Figure that shit out, Justin. Fuck. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. All right, I'm going to lay it down. <laughs> I, I took care uh, uh, actors... Who are in the current MCU? Okay. Um, and I did fun facts about their lives individually. Okay. Okay. So the first one uh, is Don Cheadle is exactly to the day eight years older than the late Chadwick Bo- Bosman. Cheadle uh, being born November nineteen twenty nine, nineteen sixty four, and Bosman being born nineteen twenty nine or uh, November nineteen November twenty ninth, nineteen seventy two. I love both of those people. Yep. Um, Paul Bettany suffered from uh, Legionnaires Lingitis after after filming (laughs) uh, A Knight's Tale in 2001 due to all the yelling he had to do to portray uh, Joffrey the Chancer and I forget that that's Paul Bettany in that movie um, so another fact this one's an actual fact because it's not part of my list Uh, the writer the writer and director of that movie specifically wrote that part for Paul Nice. Yeah. Um, after getting married, Zoe Saldana and her husband, Marco uh, Priego, took on one another's surnames. Zoe became Zoe Saldana Priego, and, uh, or Zoe Priego, and Marco became Marco Priego Saldana, or Marco Saldana. They're, yes. they're, they named their twins with the last name structured Priego Saldana. Nice. Hey, and then my last one is Mark Ruffalo was a three-time state champion uh, in wrestling in high school. And that's how he got the Oscar nomination for Fox for Foxcatcher. Nice. So those are my those are my four my four facts. You can ignore the the Paul Bettany getting the part specifically written for him because oh, that screwed one's all the truth. Yep, you screwed all <laughs> it. All right, two thousand. What am I even tripping for? Everything's gonna work out exactly the way it's supposed to. I hope you're getting these quotes. So. Characters in the 2000s start with characters introduced in the comic books, starting with Ellie Femister as Negasonic Teenage Warhead, 
Negasonic Teenage, what the? <laughs> Negasonic Teenage, what the <laughs> shit? <laughs> introduced in August 2001, June 2004, uh, Thanos number eight introduces. Whatever Peter... seen Negasonic Teenage Warrior, can we change names? <laughs> Peter Jason Quill, aka Star Lord, created by Keith Giffen and Rom Lin. Uh, January 2005, Astonishing X-Men, Volume Number 3, uh, Volume 3, Number 3, introduces SWORD, 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 as an organization for the first time. Uh, April 2006, Incredible Hulk, Volume 2, Number 92, introduces Meek. In May that year, 2006, Incredible Hulk, Volume 2, Number 93, introduces Korg, both created by Greg Pak and Carlo Pagulayan. 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 Uh, September 2007, Annihilation Conquest, Star-Lord number one. Groot is introduced by Keith Giffen and Timothy Green II. Uh, July 2008, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, number one. Introduces Guardians of the Galaxy in the form you know them now, which is... Star-Lord, Rocket, Gamora, Drax, and Groot, uh, as well as Adam, Warlock, and Quasar. Yeah, those were... So Warlock is going to be coming in. Quasar's similar to... Um, I forget the guy's name now that I was talking about earlier. Super cool characters that I hope they bring into the, but there's no rumors of them just yet, but they are really, really cool. Well, People want to see them. Somewhat of a rumor of Adam. No, Adam, I said Adam Warnock is going to be in it. Yeah. Quasar, another cool character that has not been rumored yet, but I hope uh, makes his way into the He's going to be volume three. MCU. Adam Warlock. Yeah. Uh, other characters introduced in this era is Noir, Peter Parker, Old Man Logan, and uh, others included in this decade, but uh, again, they... They're not canon, old man. Spider Noir? Hmm. I mm-hmm. thought it was older. Not yep. many guys make sense to be come out in this time. Yep, during the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, television side of things, X-Men Evolution had a four-season, 52-episode run from November 2000 to October 2003. Spider-Man, the new animated series. Just watched those as well. Yep, run for 13 se- episodes in 2003. Blade got his own live-action mm-hmm. show to take place after Blade Trinity, but it didn't have Leslie Snipes or anyone else, and it ran for only 12 episodes. Uh, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which is, I'm sure, the one you've seen, ran for two seasons and 26 episodes from March 08 to March 09. I didn't. I didn't watch that animated new, the new animated series. I, I I did watch the. Um, I'm sure if you looked at Spectacular, Spectacular Spider-Man, Spider-Man. No, I watched. Saw, this, yeah. I watched Spectacular Spider-Man. I just watched the new animated series. Yeah, the one in uh, uh, 2003. That one was canceled in 09 because TV rights reverted back to Marvel, so it was doing really well. Uh, in fact, Marvel gained back all their character rights in uh, TV rights. In 09. Uh, Wolverine and X-Men ran on Nick Tunes for 26 episodes from January 09 to November 09 in the U.S., September 08 to 09 in Canada. Uh, Iron Man Armored Adventures ran on Nick Tunes as well for two seasons and 52 episodes from April 2009 to July 2012. Marvel's official website ran a cartoon web series called Marvel Superheroes What the Blank uh, from 09 to 2017 and 96 episodes. Cartoon Network ran Superhero Squad for two ep- seasons and 52 episodes from September 09 to October 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies during this time, Brandon, not very many of them. Not very successful movies during the 2000s. Uh, <laughs> starting, in, to blow up. starting in 2000, <laughs> this is really what kicks off. So Blade was really good, but this is what really kicks off uh, Marvel and the superhero genre. Mm-hmm. 2000, 21st Century Fox puts out the first X-Men movie and people yeah, lose you, their ever-loving minds. remember it coming out? Yeah. I, I was very young, but yeah. I do remember coming out. Yeah. I remember watching it with mom. I remember yeah. you and Bryson being there. Yeah. And man, it was epic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the first time you watch it. 
So and, it's and, even holds and, up. And that scene where they they freaking raid the house the first time and everybody leaves and like uh, uh, Colossus goes full metal man yep. and and uh, yeah, dude, it was wild. And he makes that Iceman makes the Weiss wall and you're like, oh my god. And I just I mean the portrayal of Logan. Yeah, sells the whole thing so yeah. so well done. Like not just the not just the acting, which uh, Hugh Jackman, um, even if Doctor Cox does want to beat him up, uh, does really well. But the writing of his character in like. The journey of him. And Johnny sees Jack. I would like to see them two dudes brawl. That'd be I'm, crazy. I'm sure they'd love each other though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was made with a $97 million budget and it got a $296.3 million box office, which was huge for the time. They didn't start setting box office records till later, like Avatar in the later 2000s. Um, but big for its time, X-Men blew the f- up. Yeah. 2002, New Line Cinema puts out Blade 2, which did okay. 2002 was also saw Columbia Pictures slash Sony put out the first Spider-Man movie, uh, did even better than X-Men, uh, $139 million budget, $825 million box office. Again, people just want to go see uh, Spider-Man for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Nominated for two Oscars. Uh, 21st Century Fox in 2003 put out Daredevil and X2. Both of them had moderate success. X2 obviously a lot better than Daredevil. Um, also in 2003, Universal Pictures puts out Hulk. Hulk would go back to Marvel in 06 because Universal put out Failed to put out a sequel in time. That's why yeah. like, it, they it needed to put Ange, out a sequel. Angelie put out that movie right about that time, right? What's that? Uh, um, yeah, Universal. So it'd be Angelie's put uh, Angelie directorial writing of yeah. the, the the Hulk with uh, what's a God? Who's the actor? I don't remember who it was at that time. This is not the Edward Norton one though. No, 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 uh, no. But no, they no, were supposed just... to put out a a. I think they had five years to put out a sequel and they didn't. So three years later, knowing that they weren't going to get one out in time. Uh, Universal let the rights revert back earlier than the contract stipulated to Marvel. Because of this, they retain the rights of first refusal to distribute Hulk solo films, which is why you only have one Hulk solo film. Yeah, it was Eric Banner. He played he played Bruce Banner. Eric yeah. Banner. Okay, um, um, but that that's why you're confused. Like you have one Hulk film. It was distributed by Universal and they don't have any more it's because of of this because Universal let it so they they were smart about the contract and they did it really well uh, 2004 Artesian Entertainment distributed by Liongate put out The Punisher uh, Columbia Pictures puts out Spider-Man 2 movie. and then you get John I Panette. do like the, the Punisher you get John Panette in the is one of the, the minor characters yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. I do like the first Punisher movie it was a fun movie yeah um, Columbia Pictures puts out Spider-Man 2 and it would win one Oscar nominated for two more New Line Cinema puts out Blade Trinity, which is uh, universally not liked for a few different reasons. People did not like Ryan Reynolds in that movie. Yeah, I don't know why. They didn't like him Hannibal? in Green Lantern. They didn't like him in... Hannibal's a cool character, too. I yeah, hope they kind of bring actually, him back. I actually... I, I liked Blade Trinity. I don't know why he gets shit on so hard. And people don't like it. I, I, yep. People are so hard to play Two, sometimes. 2005... Oh, I know. I know. Impossible. Mm-hmm. 2005, 20th Century Fox puts out two movies. Electra was co-produced by Regency Enterprise, same as Daredevil was, and the Fantastic Four, which yeah, I watched Electra. It wasn't great. Yeah, um, Jennifer yeah. Gardner, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it wasn't good. I mean, she she did. She's not a bad actress. I just I don't know. I think you need somebody even with more um, steel. I would say yeah. than Jennifer Gardner. Yeah, it has. wasn't good though. Uh, Fantastic Four came out in two thousand five as well. The first and one, better writing, and this one, this one didn't actually do bad. But Jessica Alba, right? Um, you the have Chris Evans. You have. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do bad. The first Fantastic Four. Yeah, the Fantastic Four. Uh, it was. It wasn't great, but it didn't do bad. No, it, it was the first time Fantastic Four did well enough for them to Silver to do another one. Was a little. That's where it kind of fell apart for yeah. for them. We'll get into that here right now. Uh, Two thousand six, Twenty Century Fox puts out X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah, Chris Evans, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which X Men: The Last Stand comes out two thousand six though, which does okay. People did not like the Phoenix though. I remember really liking that movie. 
People yeah. are hard to please. 2007, Columbia Picture puts out Ghost Rider, which I liked <laughs> even with Nicolas Cage. I remember it being a fun movie. I remember it being thinking of like it, this was like the greatest movie, like, but it was a fun movie. I watched it within this. Jordy, year. remember I Jordy watched it within loved this it. calendar year. I've watched yeah. it and it was a fun movie. You remember Jordy just loved he did. Ghost Rider. Yeah, he did. He loved that. He loved the song TNT. Oh yeah, TNT. Yep, and I know my Tina. T- I would defy. Yeah. <laughs> And he loves him some John Bon Jovi. Macadascar and the Deadables and John Bon Jovi. And Spooky and John Bon Jovi. Yep. Okay. So 2007, Spider Man 3 also comes out. 258 to 350 million dollar budget. 895 box. This is where Spider Man 3 fell. So the Sam Raimi trilogy, it's very hard to speak it out against because people will jump your shit. Not a huge fan of those. I like the movies, but I don't think that he's a great Peter Parker. No, Tobey Maguire. He yeah. was like sniveling and crying the whole time, and then it was always like close-up shots of him sniveling and crying. Well, that's and it just and that's, came too much for and me. And that's the director. And and uh, I love me some Eric Foreman. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Topher Grace. Topher Grace. I love me some Topher Grace. Yeah. But him being Brock, terrible. <laughs> and then and not until like, Brock's like this is a tough dude. Yeah. He had like Tom. Uh, Tom Hardy's not a bad. And Brock then you have yeah, didn't you have Tobey Maguire dancing, which is one of the worst uh, I, I, scenes. I, I, Truly, <laughs> it was the worst one. I really liked the first one. I enjoyed the second one. I can't. That's what I, killed I've the Spidey watched, series. I, I can't watch. That's the why third you one. never had. That's why you had never had another one because of that scene alone. Some Tobey Maguire dancing. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Twenty uh, fourth Century Fox puts out Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Remember the first one did okay. This one, one hundred and twenty to one hundred thirty million dollar budget. They poured into it. So they're like, finally, Fantastic Four is going to take off. Three hundred and one in the box office. Ah, not great. Um, yeah. That killed the Fantastic Four franchise the, for the first time for movie wise. Yep. Uh, Two thousand eight. And, and, and I know you guys are like, wait, they're making more than what they lost, uh, or they're making more than what they put into it. But that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah, it's not how that works. They did put they put a lot of more into the budget to get more out of the box, and they didn't. Yeah. Uh, two thousand eight MCU's official birth. So in two thousand five, Marvel got fed up with watching their characters bring in big box office numbers while they got little in return. However. Marvel was still really cash-strapped. So they went to Merrill Lynch and took out a $525 million loan with a seven-year debt facility to finance 10 films. Collateral, all their remaining characters. They put all their remaining characters on the board. They said, we want this money to make these films. We're going to be successful. And they put it all on the line. Uh, Feige in an interview would say that that they, they really wanted to find the best actor they could, not the most expensive, but the best. Robert Downey Jr. would fit that perfectly. Uh, as you remember, his career was kind of downturning, but he was still a phenomenal so actor. when did Feige come into play? 2000. I'll get into Feige here in a second. Okay. Okay, go down the Feige road. Okay. Uh, they also needed a director that would add charm and understanding um, what the audience wanted to see. Hello, John Favreau. Right? Yeah. He hadn't done really things like this before. He'd done Elf. He did... Uh, uh, what's the other movie he was really well known for? Obviously, he was an actor beforehand. Yeah, uh, he did but, The Breakup. But he added... But he added um, some charm to. This. He was in Swingers too, wasn't he? With uh, yeah, he was. Well, he was acting before, but then like acting wise or directing wise, it was Elf, and there was another one. Um, but Robert Downey Jr.'s phenomenal acting mixed with Favreau's uh, charm, mixed with a character that people really didn't know, but was a very very good character, just fit perfectly. Um, they also, they Feige and Marvel didn't put an emphasis on money, which was great too. They put an emphasis on how the audience would react to the characters. They weren't interested on pleasing the audience to make money. They were interested on making characters that the audience would react well to. Who didn't know Iron Man before 
2008. A lot of people didn't know Iron Man before 2008. I don't know if you I remember so when it came out. I what you just said. I tried to wrap my head around it. I don't know if you remember when it coming out, but uh, Iron Man was not a well-known character. I had some friends oh, that were huge I, Iron I Man do, fans. I do remember coming out, and I remember I, but I knew about Iron Man for, oh, God. I never didn't know about he Iron was, Man. He was kind of an, un, uh, people knew who he was, but really didn't know under, or understand the character. Oh, I, I like I, well, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, they, they, they developed him a lot, and, and they, they changed little things, but for the most part, the way that uh, Robert portrays him is the way that I pictured mm. him in my head, and, and the way that well, I had seen you know, seen you him. knew comic books a little bit, like um, yeah. you do talk about Greg. Greg was a huge Iron Man fan even when we were younger. Yeah, but there I was think that's because of him. I know, but who when Iron Man was. but when O eight came give, out, I credit where credit yeah, due. but when O eight came out, when it came out in O eight, he was still like people again. People kind of knew who he was. They had the animated series, all those different things, but they didn't really didn't know Iron Man as a character or Tony Stark. Mostly, they didn't know Tony Stark at all. Uh, I am Iron Man, though. Iron Man opened up in 2008 with a budget of 140 million. And even even Stanley said that he's like, you, him, and Tom Holland are the, the two people who the characters in his mind matched up perfectly. Yep, Robert Downey Jr. slays it. Yeah, I mean he's he's so well loved yeah. now because of it. But but beforehand his career was kind of done. Yeah. Um. Before yep. Iron Man. Iron Man opened up though. Yeah, he, went with to, he went to jail. He or he went to prison. He, he no had one wanted to work with him. Yeah. He was known to be impossible to work with. He had a bad reputation, and that's just changed 180 yeah. since this. Yeah, he now everybody loves working thank you, with thank him. Thank you, thank you, Feige and John Favreau. Yeah, they gave him they gave the <laughs> the right person the second chance. Yep, you know. Um, so it opened up again with 140 million dollar budget. It would make 585.3 million in the box office. It was nominated for two Oscars. Iron Man was owned by New Line Cinema from 1994-2005 when they had to return the character for failing to make a uh, create a film. Feige was like, thank you for being so poorly managed, New Line. Um, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, Marvel would also put out The Incredible Hulk at the same time, directed by Louis Leterrier, who had directed the first two Transporters, Clash of Titans, and Now You See Me, which are really good movies. Yeah. Um, a budget of 137.5 to 150 million, box office of 264.8, not great. Um, also, Universal had the distributing rights for the Hulk solo films. So they didn't do too much. Um, but thanks to the success of Iron Man, that saved Marvel's ass. Because they put it all on the line. They put their nuts on the line with that loan and all their characters. And RDJ and Favreau stepped up to the plate. Liongate Films would also put out Punisher Warzone at this time. This film would be co-produced by Marvel Studios under the Marvel Knight banner. Still not MCU, though. And that was kind of the end of the Punisher series until the, the new show. 2009. 20th Century Fox puts out X-Men Origin Wolverine. Also in 2009, Marvel is bought out by Disney for $4 billion. People at the time thought that was way too much for a studio that had only one hit in Iron Man. Talk about a great investment in showing people and proving them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> $4 billion seems like chump change now compared really to what does. it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kevin Feige. Let's talk about Feige. Told you I'd go down the Feige train. He was born in Boston, Mass., June 2nd, 1973. Feige would learn a lot from his maternal grandfather, Robert E. Short, who was a TV producer for soap operas in the 1950s. Kind of got him interested in film and creating and all that. Yeah. Uh, Feige wanted to attend USC because his all, it was the alma mater of George Lucas, Ron Howard, and Robert Zemeckis, who he was here. He was his heroes in high school. Like people who had um, sports stars or whoever being heroes, he had directors being his heroes. Uh, he was rejected five times from yeah, USC. Yeah, reading that. Holy crap. Yeah, he kept applying and applying and applying yeah. and applying. Yeah, which, I mean, part of the reason why he's so successful. Yeah. His sixth application was accepted to USC. In 2000, he was hired by Marvel as a producer. Lauren Schuler Donner, the executive producer of X-Men, would make Feige an associate 
producer on the first X-Men film due to his knowledge of the Marvel Universe. She had worked with him previously. He was her assistant during uh, Volcano and You've Got Mail, which were not X-Men movies, but she knew that he liked Marvel and was knowledgeable, so she brought him on to help with Marvel uh, with X-Men. After watching the success of Spidey and X-Men, Feige had noticed... Uh, I'm sorry, skipped one. His work on X-Men yeah. impressed, impressed Avi... Arad, the CEO and founder of Marvel Studios. Mm-hmm. And because of this, Feige was made the second in command at Marvel Studios. Oh, be- damn. Because That's of his work on huh? X-Men. Yep. Oh, yeah, he moved fast. Yeah. After watching the success of Spidey and X-Men, Feige had noticed that Marvel owned the rights to the core members of the Avenger, right? They've reverted back to him because they didn't make films. And his ideas of a shared universe was birthed, similar to the ideas of Stanley and Jack Kirby way back in the 40s. Yeah. Um, many characters Marvel had not owned in the 90s and early 2000s, they came back. Black Panther and Doctor Strange would both return in 05 with Iron Man, both from Columbia and Artesian, Black Panther and Universal, Doctor Strange. Thor and Black Widow returned to Marvel in 06. You gotta Thor imagine all these years that that it took for them to get even the first Iron Man. It's all <laughs> just preparation. Yep. He's just, well, they just all collecting things, getting the... the, the I bet you Took him three had, years from that loan, but like eight years from the idea. Yep. I bet you um, he had... I, I bet when they took the loan... He already had phase one planned out. We had 10 perfectly. films. He put 10 films. He put all of them online. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm saying yeah. so that, and that's phase one into phase two. Yep. So he had probably those planned out perfectly and working on the rest of it. Yep. I bet you by the time uh, uh, the first Avengers movie came out, he already knew how Endgame was going to go. Yeah. Well, Feige, man, he you talk about the right person in the right place, the yeah. right time. He I absolutely <laughs> loves the job. Great, great business. Yeah. Uh, 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 God, man, he it was in positions where people up. noticed him to get him in those spots, similar to Stan Lee, right? He just happened to be in the right position because of of where he was at, and he was the right person for the right job. Wild, save Marvel's ass again. Wild. Uh, Thor from Sony, Black Widow from Lion Gate, and again, Iron Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Widow were all owned by other big name studios. None of them put a movie out, so they lost their rights to them that they had. Uh, for 20th Century Fox and Sony with Spider Man and X Men were the only two to kind of take advantage. Uh, read, uh, so I read that New Line Cinema owned Cap from 03 to 07 or 08, but could not confirm that. Uh, all the characters returned because the studio failed to make a film at the time. Feige was named president of Marvel Productions for Marvel Studios in March 2007. His ideas just kept growing and growing, and right before Iron Man came out, he was made the guy. 2010s. I love you, 3000. Do you, do you recognize the quotes now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I recognize them like a while back. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I thought it lined up perfectly because you had the 90s. Part of the journey is the end. Looked like it was over for Marvel. And then 2000s. What are we talking about? It's yeah. all going to work out exactly how I planned. Kevin Feige. Yep. 2010s. I love you, 2000. It's his love note to everybody yep. in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that lineup. It just, I thought it worked out perfectly. Anyways. Yeah, it did. It, it, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it's a nice uh, overarching. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so characters in the 2000s. You want to read those 2010s? Uh. October 2011. Yeah, I was like October 2011. I thought, I was like I wasn't sure. I was like it doesn't look like a it looks like a list, but not the kind of list that you had me read before. So I was kind of thinking, <laughs> okay, so October 2011, Miles uh, Gonzalo Morales is introduced in the fall, Ultimate Fallout number four issue number four, uh, created by Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pashili. Yeah, and if you don't know Miles Morales, obviously he's the new Spider Man. Well, yeah, um, he's 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 the Black Spider Man. So this is what he is. So the for Stanley for a while they wanted him to rewrite the characters as different ethnicities, different things, and he said no. These characters are already great. Why do we have to rewrite them when we can just create new ones? 
Yeah. And that's where Miles Morales came about. Yep. And, and that's brilliant. I love that thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like the, the whitewashing or blackwashing. I don't like yep. any of that. Why don't you just create new characters? You can like, create new bad, like, badass characters that are yeah. their, their own. Yeah. It's their own. They don't have to yeah. go back and to be like, he, oh, and, he, and, he and he Miles Morales has his own amazing story. Yep. Go watch so that good. fucking Into the Spider-Verse. So good. So good. I'm so, so good. excited for Into the Spider-Verse 2. They did, I mean, Sony, for, for bad decisions they've made in their past, that movie, oh my Perfect. god! Four years, <laughs> I, a shit ton of artists, masterpiece, and they made each frame individually, piece by piece, masterpiece. It really is. Yep. September uh, 2014, uh, Gwendolyn Maxine, Gwen Stacy, is introduced in the Edge of Spider Verse Volume One, Issue Number Two, and that was created by Jason Lador and Robbie Rodriguez. I think it's Latour. So Latour. Yeah. Uh, so that it's in Gwen Stacy is obviously she's also a kick-ass character. Too. Uh, uh, she's um, I think in some universes she's she's just a love interest. Some universes she's actually yep. um, Spider-Man. That's where you get Amazing Spider-Man and she dies right and doesn't become Spider. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man she doesn't. But in Into the Spider-Verse she is yeah. um, the White Spider-Man. Spider Spider Woman. Spider Woman. Yep. Yeah, Gwen Gwen uh, Spider Gwen. Yep. There's a bunch of names for her. Kick-ass. Um, there's also Gwenpool. Oh, right here. <laughs> uh, January 2016, Gwendolyn Gwenpool of Gwenpool is introduced in Howard the Duck, Volume 6, issue number one. I love how they put her name as actual Gwendolyn Pool. Yeah. And so- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instead of they giving just, her a different name and then changing her for her character. Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she is what you think she is. She is the female Deadpool. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Blonde, crazy, all, the, all of it. Yeah, yeah. It's very fun. Um. January 20, 2016, Joaquin Torres, was, be, uh, who becomes Falcon, introduced in Captain America, Sam Wilson, issue number three. His character as Joaquin Torres is introduced in Falcon. I don't know why you wrote it twice. Uh, oh, Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Soldier, Soldier episode one. one. So okay. in the show, he's introduced as just Joaquin Torres. So that, I mean, Marvel, even if you think it's going to happen because it happens in the cartoon, or the comics, sorry, uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen in real life. But whenever Sam Wilson takes over the moniker as Captain America, um, Hawking Taurus takes, takes over, over Falcon. as Falcon. So that may happen, although... Thanks for the spoilies. Yeah, but it may happen, although Marvel has a, a penchant for like setting you up that a thing is going to happen that never does. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the spoilies, though. No, all you do is see his character. That's it. It doesn't spoil anything. I didn't even know that he was in there. I didn't even know about the character. You watch it. You <laughs> I didn't even know about the character. <laughs> I would have glossed over it. It'll ruin, spoil nothing. But now uh, when you no. watch it, you'll be like, oh, okay, hey, there he is. Because, yeah. again, Marvel has a, a penchant for doing that as well. It's like throwing him in there when you don't even notice. Yeah. Unless you're like an avid comic book fan. For me, though, like when I'm, I try to keep up with comics, it's so hard. But when, like after WandaVision, every episode, I would watch the breakdowns of the Easter eggs on YouTube. Same thing for, for Winter Soldier and all the mm. movies. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm. Mm-hmm. All these mm-hmm. falling asleep over here, he's trying to stand mm-hmm. up and be tough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like almost falling off. He'll like fade. And then, wow. Brandon. Okay, television and streaming shows. Live action MCU would come into play in this decade. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ran for seven seasons and 136 episodes from 2013 to 2020. I would call that successful. Yes. Uh, so I... I, I I need to backtrack a little bit on the last one. I said it's no longer canon. It's rumored to be no longer canon because the the Dark Fold, the book that's uh, in a big part of Avengers of Shield, yeah. is redone. Completely different book. Completely different how it's used the, in Wandavision. The Necro. Um, yeah, the Dark Hold, the the Book of the Dead. Yeah, there's another name for it, the Necro yeah. Necronom- Necronomicon. 
Yeah, Necronomicon. Like it, they use the same book in. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's based off of a real book, but it, it, they use the same book in uh, uh, Ash for the Evil Dead. Yeah. So Have you ever I seen th- Ash for the Evil Dead? No. Oh, they're fun. So I, I think so. Agents of Shield works really well. If you watch the the like phase one and phase two, mm-hmm. they kind of fade into a Major Carter. They really like will build into those, um, but it making it non-canon also helps them to the future because then they can reuse a lot of those things without having to explain themselves. Yeah, um, Agent Carter ran for two seasons, eighteen episodes from twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen, both yeah. on ABC, and then you have the Netflix trio come out at this time as well. Daredevil three seasons, thirty nine episodes, amazing. 15 I and love 18. Daredevil every second of it. Uh, Jessica Jones three seasons, thirty nine episodes, Couldn't 15 really and 19. get into it. Luke Cage two seasons, twenty six episodes. I liked uh, Cottonmouth. He's gonna play Deadpool, the actor. Yeah, uh, from sixteen eighteen. All shows made through ABC Studios and Marvel Television and released through Netflix. FX's Legion. Wait, ran. wait, 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 wait. Say the same thing about you said about Cottonmouth. The actor. He's yeah. going to be the new Blade. He's going to be the Blade. You said Deadpool. Did I say Deadpool? Mm-hmm. You have to play it back. got a lot it. of characters going yep, on in my yep. head. I was like, wait, Deadpool. I was yeah. like, wait. He's going to be the new Blade. I was like, pump the brakes real quick. Yeah. Uh, Let me clarify. FX Legion ran for three seasons, 27 episodes from 17 to 19. Not canon. I don't believe Legion is owned by MCU. Uh, gets confusing. Yeah. Back to MCU. Iron Fist, two seasons, 30, 23 episodes from 17 to 18. The Defenders, one episode, eight episodes of 2017 Inhumans one season eight episodes 2017 as well getting humans didn't really work well uh, Fox the Gifted ran for two seasons and 26 episodes from 17 to 19 MCU again The Punisher on Netflix ran for two seasons and 26 episodes Runaways on Hulu uh, which I thought was Marvel was Fox because it is about mutants but it's not it's Marvel owns it yeah. uh, it's on Hulu ran three seasons 33 episodes I watched the first season wasn't bad I need to catch up to the other two yeah I, I was about to say the exact same thing yeah, yeah. Uh, Cloak and Dagger was released on Freeform for two seasons 20 episodes I never heard of it before uh, in 2018 and 19 cartoons at this time there's quite a bit so I'm just going to run through yeah. them real quick Black Panther got six episodes on BET January 2010 the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes ran on Disney XD for two seasons 52 episodes beginning September 2010 in the US ending June 20, 2012 in Australia Ultimate Spider-Man also ran on Disney XD for four seasons 104 episodes it's supposed to be really good from April 2012 yeah, to January it is. 2017 it is very good Avengers Assemble Disney XD five seasons 126 episodes uh, May 2013 to February 2019 Marvel and anime. So, There's a bunch yeah. of Marvel animes that ran in 2010 and 2011. Iron Man being the first one that ran on G4 and then Animax in Japan and Sci-Fi yeah. Channel in Australia. All three of them did the same thing. So Marvel anime, Iron Man, Marvel anime, Wolverine, Marvel anime, X-Men, and Marvel anime, Blade. Um, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. Hulk and the Agents of Smash ran for two seasons and 52 episodes from August 2013 to June 2015 on Disney XD. Mm-hmm. Guards of the Galaxy ran on Disney XD. Uh, all of these are going to be Disney because it's owned by Disney now. So yeah. uh, for three seasons, 78 episodes, September 2015, June 2019, uh, Rocket and Groot ran on Disney XD for 12 episodes, 2017. Ant-Man also ran on Disney XD for six episodes, 2017. Um, Spider-Man and Disney, uh, Spider-Man on Disney XD started in August of 2017 is still running. Uh, it's doing well for itself. Yeah. Marvel Superheroes Adventure ran three seasons and 20 episodes starting 2017. I believe that one's still running as well. Uh, Big Hero 6 started in 2017, still running in Disney XD. My, my daughter loves that show. Yeah. It's, it's uh, okay. a little different too. All right, now let's get to the, the movies. movies. And yeah. I, yeah. This is all going to be sequential, guys. Again, this is an actual timeline, not the chronological we did in the last episode yeah. and what we're going to be doing in the following. In the next episode, yep. Yeah. So 2010, Iron Man 2. And this one is voted by a lot of people as the worst of the MCU movies. I was surprised to see that. Which one? Iron Man 2. People worse didn't... than the third one? I like the third one. I like the third one. The second one's better than the third one. Well, for people online, sure. People online disagree with it you. It was nominated for an Oscar. 
People online disagree with you. Iron Man three was too. What um, the hell is happening? Yep, directed by John Favreau. I didn't. Th- I didn't. I, I thought John Favreau stopped after the first one. Nope, stopped after. I'll get into that in a second. Stopped after the second one. Uh, budget of one hundred seventy to two hundred million. Box office of six twenty three point nine million. And the people did say like, even the worst of the Iron Mans is still pretty dang good. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty eleven Thor. Robert Downey Jr. What are you Thor gonna, what also. Are you gonna do? Um, so um, once I get to the third Thor, I'm gonna make a point that I read online that hits it dead on the nose, and you're gonna agree How with me. How's Iron Man two the worst? One? That make no sense at yeah. all. Thor Thor though is not liked either. It's directed by Kenneth uh, Branagh. Previously you directed just Shakespearean Thor? adaptations. One hundred fifty million dollar budget. Are trash. Forty four point nine point five million dollar box. So it's not like they don't like them. They just rank them low in the MCU. I don't know because even the ones that rank them low, they're like they're still good movies. They're just so I, I'm gonna make a point about Thor, the Thor trilogy, and you're gonna agree with me and you're gonna be like, okay, I can see why the, f- the first two Thors are ranked low. I mean, obviously Thor and the second one is ranked like almost dead last in everybody's. Category. The, the Dark World's the worst one. The Dark World's the worst one. Um, so X-Men First Class, 21st Century Fox, also came out in 2011. July of 2011, Captain America, the first Avenger drops, directed by Joe Johnson. He had previously worked on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Jumanji, and Jurassic Park 3. A budget of 160 to $216.7 A box of $370.6 million. So it really didn't do that well, Captain America, the first Avenger, which I was kind of surprised by. Which is super good. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. People don't like that one either, though. Uh, Ghost what? Ride. Well, not that they don't like it. They just rank them lower. What? But it's Captain America the First Avenger. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's the worst of the three. Winter Soldier and Civil War are better. Yeah, they are better. better. Civil War is the best one. I would yeah. say it, it, it scales back. I will give Bryson credit, though. The Winter Soldier, if you go back and watch it, if it's a standalone, from a cinematic point of view, very good. So clean, so yeah. sharp, beautifully done. Yeah. No, I no, I never, I, I just wanted to show on Bryson more than anything. Yeah, no, I know. But like I, I, I don't think it's top five. Yeah. Marvels, and that's what he was saying. It was it was like the top three, and I was like, I some people have some five. people have it there. I think top ten. Um, I top ten, I yeah, top and 10. that's what I, I think. Bryce and I talked about it later. Um, uh, I, I I probably would have. I didn't give it exact number, but I'd probably give it about an eight. So, and I think Civil War. We like Civil War more. Well, it's we'll get into just, it here in a second. Civil yeah. Wars was good all the way through. Yep. Uh, so Ghost Rider, Spirit of the Vengeance by Columbia Pictures, co-produced by Marvel, but not MCU. Also came out in two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, April. The Avengers drops. First film distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture, nominated for one Oscar, directed and written and directed by Joss Whedon. Co- he was a co-writer for Toy Story before this. He previously uh, was a creator on shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, uh, Firefly, Dollhouse, all those. Budget of $220 million, box office of $1.519 billion. So I would say Jesus they make their money back. And some. Yeah. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man by Columbia Pictures drops. Of, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man by Columbia Pictures drops June of 2012. Does pretty okay for as far as the Spider-Man, the, the Amazing Spider-Man two go. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2013 May Iron Man three nominated for one Oscar, directed by Shane Black. So Favreau uh, would not return to direct this because he decided to f- direct a film called Magic Kingdom because there was a gap between two and three as they were still fighting over character rights and who they could use and who not they, who they could not use in the next phase. Because of that break, Favreau took on Magic Kingdom, which was supposed to be a night in the museum type set in Disney World's Magic Kingdom. That movie was shelved after Favreau took the reins of Jungle Book, though, and never has never been finished. Uh, but that's why Shane Black took over for Favreau in this one. Mm. It was a budget of $200 million, box office of $1.215 billion. I like Iron Man 3. Deal with it. It's trash. The Wolf- no, it wasn't no, trash. It's- I, I don't think it's trash, but I really don't think it's that good. I, I think you should go back and watch it. I have watched it twice, and I, I, was, I was very underwhelmed both times. I think it's better than anything. I don't think it's a, like, if you're, if, 
if you're gonna tell me, give me ten movies in the MC to watch, probably wouldn't be in there. Yeah. But it's I I, I don't mind. I, I, I don't that's mind. what that's what I'm saying is yep. I think the other two are better. I'm not saying I hate the movie. I think the I, other two are better. See, and I would put it on par with two. I think the two better. The I, first saying, one is the I'm best. I'm not saying the second one is is a shit ton better, but it's better. The first one is the best. I would say it, there's. It's I think two and three are pretty. A couple even. slots better than the, than the third one. I would put it pretty. So Wolverine. The first one is the best one. But the first one is going to be top yeah. five. The Wolverine sure. by 20th Century Fox comes out this year. Uh, November Thor: The Dark World, obviously not very really well liked, but still a good movie. Just not in the MCU realm. Not a good movie. Uh, directed by Alan Taylor. Mostly television work prior to the film. Shows like The West Wing, Sex and the City, and The Sopranos. It had a $150 to $170 million budget. $644.8 million box. It did better than Cap, but because I think MCU was just getting known, now it is well known. Yeah. 2014. And the movie's not. Yep. So 2014 really kicks into gear. April 2014. Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe. Uh, They were mostly known for their work on the pilot of Rest Development. Uh, One single episode... They won a primetime Emmy for it. Uh, they, they had great success after this after this movie, The Winter Soldier. Uh, the movie is seen as arguably the best cinematography in all of the MCU movies. Yeah, um, and, and and yeah, The Winter Soldier was 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 good I, I from mean, a cinematic standpoint. Yeah, very clean. Not not top five though, Brayson. Okay, not top. <laughs> definitely not top three. Okay, but the budget, top ten for sure. Budget of one hundred seventy to one hundred seventy-seven million. A box of seven hundred so. Seven hundred fourteen point four billion or million dollars as well. Uh, nominated for one Oscar. May the Amazing Spider-Man two by Columbia and Sony comes out, and that kind of ends the Amazing Spider-Man and uh, sets up for Spider-Man to join the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Get into a second. Uh, May X-Men Days of Future Past, Twentieth Century Fox comes out, nominated for one Oscar. August Guardians of the Galaxy I drops. Like that movie. Days of Future Past wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah it was bad. Uh, so April twenty, August twenty fourteen, Guardians of the Galaxy, directed by James Gunn. Uh, it was written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman, $232.3 million gross budget, $772.9 million box, nominated for two Oscars. Love that movie. Yeah, not bad. Love that movie. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay, so 2015. This when I get that feeling. I'm going to get a little winded here after this for this movie I mentioned. So May 2015, it's Avengers Age of Ultron time. drops. Joss Whedon, directed and written again, Shut similar up. to the Avengers. Whedon would leave Marvel after the backlash from this movie. Ruffalo, uh, Mark Ruffalo has begged him to come back to work on the MCU, uh, but there would be hurdles to leap, obviously, and he would have to kind of kill it in his return. Uh, he went on to work on with DC on the Justice League, taking over for Snyder. That didn't work out well either. Uh, why do people attack this movie? So I looked online. I wanted to know why do people not like this movie? Because for me, I can see the gaps in it, but I obviously think it's a good movie and how it sets up the MCU really, really well. So the common talking points are it's too short of a runtime. <laughs> Why is it too short of a time? Well, Whedon and Feige together decided to cut out up to 40 million minutes of content in order to keep the movie shorter than the first one. I think that was a bad move. I think that was a bad move too. Uh, Brutasha. Most do not like the romance between Bruce and Natasha. Some go in as far to claim sexism as it mostly shows Natasha serving the powerful banner as opposed to Natasha being her normal kick-ass cold self uh, in this movie. Another one is Ultron was too way too two-dimensional. I think them cutting out minutes yeah, was a part of that uh, and should have had should have been more than just a talker however many liked how misunderstood and tormented I, the character was okay I, hold on hold on uh, the Natasha and the Bruce thing I did feel forced uh, but one what's what's wrong with um, a, a strong woman a very strong woman who because when women 
fall in love, they become motherly. And I feel like they did a decent job of that with her and Bruce because she kind of became motherly to him. And, yeah. and that's because they're falling in love. I, I do feel like it was forced. I I, I feel I don't feel like they should have done that. I think the issue that. is, is like whenever she's like serving him a drink and when she's doing all those things, as opposed to where, where Bruce could have reciprocated uh, because he obviously cared he about didn't. her as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's, but, it's, but that's, but that's I think it's a bit of a stretch on the she, sexist part. She dotes on him. Yeah, it is a stretch on the sexist part. But that's, that's what, my, that's my yeah. only, that's the only part I'm talking yeah. about. But it, I don't think they should have done it. I think I, it was forced. So, and I will agree on Ultron. I think I really liked how misunderstood and tormented the character was portrayed. Yeah. Although he didn't do a whole lot as far as how powerful he was. Which I think they missed the boat on that, and that's yeah. part of them cutting out. And that's out. what I was saying in the last episode: is 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 Hulk is only gets more powerful. Yep. Like whenever he fights Thanos and Thanos starts jacking him up, in 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 the comic book world and in in most shows you would watch, Hulk would just get stronger. Like he would get even more mad and more crazy. Like it took Black Bolt, who's supposed to be one of the most powerful people because of his voice. Uh, he he had to full on shout at the Hulk to 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 get him to, to beat him, and he still couldn't get couldn't stop him. That's yeah. how powerful the Hulk is, and I and I think he's like a he's like true juggernaut. I think they're trying to to out of that fine line though. They don't want to be just like the comics, but they also don't want to to get away from it either. So it's a tough line they're drawing. Um, but they got rid of. But that, I don't that think they showed how they, he just he just grows to this bigger thing and he never gets any stronger. I think that that's going to happen sooner than the, the journey. And I think they had a hard time with it because of the distribution rights too with Universal. Yeah. Those are that's a big hurdle. Too. And is the general now senator ever going to become the Red Hulk? I uh, we see we don't know that. Uh, Abomination does he come back? I don't know. Um, mm. She Red Hulk does she come back? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, he didn't they kill the abomination. They they're not going to have another solo Edward, movie. Edward Norton's movie is in canon. Um, it, 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 it an abomination. Canon. That's what I'm saying. It is in canon. Yeah. Um, an abomination doesn't die, so I can I can imagine he'll yeah. come back. And Betty Ross is also still there. Yeah. But it's kind of forgotten about. Uh, so I do think though the Ultron is a much stronger character. It could be more powerful. They don't really show it. I'm worried too much about setting up the future than being a great story within itself. Winter Soldier gets most of the praise for doing this, being a great story. Um, and it wasn't dark enough. People didn't like that it wasn't dark enough. So that's the reason why. Most issues come from overhyping, one of them, disjointed storytelling, and the movie being too short. Those are the, the main issues they have there. And I would kind of agree with that. Although it doesn't take away from the movie still being really good. So really, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Really hope they have a, a Whedon cut similar to Justice and League and Snyder cut. And it is a very important movie. So because it, that leads to the oh yeah, Sokovian Awards need, and, and that leads Ultron. to Civil War. Yeah. You need Ultron. Yeah. Uh, but people are really hoping that the Whedon cut is out there similar to like Snyder's uh, so just the Snyder cut. Awards. It's a Sokovian Accords. Accords. Yeah. Got him done. It's doubtful though that there is a cut like that though. Um, Disney does not do extended cuts. One. They also, they do not want to give in to the critics as they become problematic. Think Star Wars. Uh, there are plenty of movies that came after this that make up a lot for the issues here. Yeah, so I would 100% I agree, agree with that. that. Yeah. Um, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Mo- that's what George Lucas should have done. Yep. We just kept making a shit and said, fuck you guys. Yep, make a good story. Yeah. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver writes, and 2012, Feige announces that both Marvel and Fox can use these characters. They were solo Fox domain because they were mutants um, and the son of daughter and, uh, son and daughter of Magneto in the comics. However, Fox did not use Scarlet Witch. They did use Quicksilver, which is why people think that they killed him at the end of the movie. 
in Ultron. Yeah. However, essentially boils down to this with these characters. They are Fox X-Men domain because yeah, they... they killed him in a weird way. That was another issue yeah. I had with that movie is, is he just died in the street. But it boils down to this with these characters. They are Fox and X-Men domain because they are the... They are the, the children of Magneto. They are also Marvel Avengers domain because they are deeply entrenched in the Avengers storyline in the comics and even um, have an alternate origin outside of Magneto. Mm. Uh, meaning Marvel can use the characters as long as they do not mention Magneto. Now they can though because they own Fox, but they could use them as long as they didn't mention Magneto or the X-Men. Uh, Fox can use them as long as they did not mention the Avengers. Got it? Okay, yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> in this agreement, the ability to use scroll is also given to Marvel which you see them in Captain America moving forward. Mm. Um, Captain America, Captain Marvel. 440. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm reading it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, 440, uh, 440, or 495.4, or $0.2 million, million budget. They made $1.403 in so the box. So tripled it. Uh-huh. Uh, July, Ant-Man came out here that year. So July 2015, Ant-Man, directed by Peyton Reed. 130 to $169.3 million budget. $519.3 million box. August, Another Fantastic Four attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Michael B. Jordan couldn't save that. Yep. Uh, 2016, February, Deadpool by 20th Woo! Century Fox has dropped. Deadpool 3 will be MCU. The first two will not be, per my understanding. Um, they might refer to them back to them, but because they weren't originally MCU, they will not be MCU. Uh, but I, from what I understand, mm. Deadpool 3 will be a continuation of those two stories. Yeah. So yeah. it's that so fine I, line. I think it'll be. I, I think it'll be. They're just not going to... Uh, they're they're, not gonna, they're it, referred back to them. It's not owned. I think it's just because they're not going to be owned by Disney. Yep. They're just going to be like, yeah. So They might reference them, continued. but it might not be. So yeah. what, what that does do, and though, Ryan is that... And Ryan is staying on as Deadpool. But what that does do is like characters that maybe died in the first two And Deadpools. it's staying R. I've said that before, but yeah. I, I'm saying here again. Yeah, but they can they can reuse characters from the first two Deadpools because it's not technically MCU. That's yeah. what they can do, even if they died or whatever happened to them. Uh, May of that year, 2016, Captain that America. Not everything has to make sense. Yep, Captain America: <laughs> Civil War comes out, directed by the Russo brothers again. 250 million dollar budget, 1.153 billion dollar box. Uh, again, Civil War, Winter Soldier, great movies. Uh, May X Men Apocalypse comes out, does okay. November Doctor Strange comes out, and some people knocked on Doctor Strange, and I was like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, it's such a Doctor good movie. Strange is one of the better origin movies they have. Didn't I love Doctor Strange. He didn't like it. What's that? Didn't Brayson say he didn't like it? I don't listen to what Bryson says, so maybe. I think he's trash. Uh, directed by Scott Dickerson. He did mostly horror films before this, so Exorcism of Emily Rose, I can't Sinister, wait and Deliver from Evil. I'm so pumped for Multiverse oh of Madness. Oh my God. That's one of the most pumped I've been for a movie. Dude, yeah. I think you've said that before, and I think I've said this before, but I'm okay with it. Cause it's yeah, fucking, I'm dude, super I'm pumped so for pumped. Multiverse of Madness. And I, I've watched and Doctor Strange three times. sets it's it up even good. better. So WandaVision just sets it up really well. Yes. Okay, because so. Because it's, 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 so people that don't know, uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness is going to be a Doctor Strange movie, but it's about how I, I, I it's gonna be a horror film. It's, it's a horror film, yep. and it's, it has everything to do with Mephisto and or his or nightmare and, and nightmare yep. and Wanda. Yep, and Wanda is going to be in it. Yes, and I, I think you, she's going to be a pretty big part of it. If you've watched all of WandaVision, um, I'm not going to ruin it for Brandon because I've got I got two more episodes. I got two more episodes. Brandon, guys. I'm sorry. Close, close your ears for a second. Close them. Close your ears. At the very end, that very end scene with Wanda, it is the Doctor Strange music. It is her getting prepared for Doctor Strange. Okay, go ahead, Brad. We're good. Okay, yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, it had a 165 to 236.6 million dollar budget, 677.7 million dollar box, nominated for an Oscar. 2017, March, Logan comes out. Beautiful movie. Beautiful fucking movie. 
nominated for one Oscar, but it should have won a few. Logan, oh my Lanta, I love that movie. Nothing on that, Brandon. I'm not just saying Logan because Logan's going to take Brandon's spot here eventually. Uh, uh, May, but, Garden of the Galaxy Volume the movie, 2, written so and directed good. by James Gunn, a $200 million budget, $863.8 million in the box, uh, nominated for one Oscar. So people think that this is it wasn't as good as the first one, and I agree with it, but it still was a good movie. Okay. And Lo- the, the Logan soundtrack was itself, amazing. I really did enjoy Logan. It's so good. It's one of the best movies ever made. Yes. Not just not just comic book movies, but no, just one of the just best movies. Period. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar. It should have won several. Yes. It truly oh a masterpiece. God. Love it, that movie. For some reason, the Oscars they have a hang up on these on these comic, uh, book, uh, comic genre. book genre. Yeah. It, if you would have taken out the comic book factor, it, dude, it, Logan would have for sure won so many. Yep. It, it it really is a beautiful piece of art. Okay, so here's a quick telling of Spider-Man, Sony, Marvel, and Disney. I mentioned I was going to do this uh, in a bit. Galaxy 2 is also just amazing. It is a very good... The soundtracks on both of those uh, by uh, themselves are just yeah. well done. Okay, yeah. so so I promised I was going to talk about Spider-Man and his involvement from Sony right to Disney. So Marvel sold Spidey rights to Sony in 1998, film and merchandising rights as well. Uh, comic book rights remained with Marvel. The deal stipulated that Sto- Sony keeps the rights as long as they produce a Spidey film every five years. Spider-Man 2 comes out in 02. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man comes out in 02. Spider-Man 2 comes out in 04. Spider-Man 3 in 07. The Amazing Spider-Man, five years on the nose in 2012. The Amazing Spider-Man number 2 in 2014. And Into the Spider-Verse 2018. So they are keeping their promise uh, on this. And then you have the movies. We'll get in a second. So Sony sold back merchandising rights in 2011. While they're, they were dealing with their own significant financial losses, um, I'm pretty sure PlayStation 4 and 5 has solved that uh, for them. After The Amazing Spider-Man fell flat, they didn't wish to start over again. They already did one origin story with Spider-Man, the original in 02 with Sam Raimi, and then they did The Amazing Spider-Man origin story. They didn't want to do that over again. So they decided to team up with Marvel and use their ultra-successful MCU at the time to help jumpstart the web-slinger. Disney and Marvel get to use the Spider-Man in their movies, and Sony gets to have Feige's involvement and the notoriety of MCU. And Feige's become so well-known <laughs> that he was part of the negotiations. Yeah. Um, all Spidey movies are officially part of two different studio universes. So Spider-Man movies are part of the MCU timeline. They're also a part of the Venom, Morbius, Spideyverse timeline. Yep. And they are separate from each other. Yep. The only thing they have in common is Underoos. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. They're just they're just different universes. That's yep. all. So they came to an understanding because Spider Man they were running dry. I mean, uh, the Amazing Spider Man. I mean, the, the Spidey verse is awesome, but they were running dry, and it was just it, it made too much sense for both studios not to go this route. Yeah. Uh, July Spider Man Homecoming comes out, mm-hmm. directed by John Watts. Mm-hmm. Watts is also pegged to be the new director for the upcoming Fantastic Four film in the MCU, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, it goes good. Uh, 175 I, I really million. Homecoming. Yep, 175 million dollar budget, 880.2 million dollar budget. Again, Spider Man sells for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, distributed by Sony, produced in conjunction with Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios. November, Thor Ragnarok, the best Thor, hands down. So here's my hands point down. I wanted to make. It, it, this is top five. Here's me. the point I wanted to it's make such on a good Thor. Movie. Here's the one point I want to make on Thor though that you're gonna it's gonna hit you like it hit me. You'd be like, ah, the first two Thors. Did not work as well as Thor Ragnarok. Do you know what the difference is? Um, the they. What is Chris Hemsworth? What, what is a quality of Chris Hemsworth that sticks out of you when you think of Chris Hemsworth? 
His rugged good looks. And? His bulging muscles. And? He's funny. He's funny. Yeah, no, I was going to say the comedy originally. Became so in Thor so. 1 and 2, they just used like him. Right now. They it's just fine. used him to be histrionic. And they used him to be just ruggedly handsome, right? To be yep. extremely good looking. They did not use his co- his comedy. Yeah. Which he's very, very good no, at. He is very funny. His comedic timing is, is very impressive. Taiko Waititi said, we comedy, are underusing this guy. Yep. In, in comedy, the hardest part is timing. Yep. Hardest part is timing. What carries Thor Ragnarok is the comedy between Tom Hiddleston and Crips Hemsworth. They nail it. And then you add in Mark Ruffalo. Crips Hemsworth? He's Chris a Hemsworth. Crip. He's a Crip yep. now? So he is directed by Taika Waititi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, prior to this, Waititi was relatively unknown. A vampire mockumentary called Where We Do in the Shadows premiered in a Sundance Festival in 14. Um, a series of the same, by the same name with Waititi's help was released on FX in March 2019. It was apparently super successful. Uh, two films, Boy and Hunt of the Wilder, Wilder People, were both released at the Sundance I've Festival. I've heard of zero of these movies. And 10 films. and 16. They were huge in his home country of New Zealand. Mm. But they were still... Oh, he's a Kiwi. they still able to um, pick him. I didn't him. know why uh, Taika was a, was a Kiwi. Yep. Uh, but Actually, but no idea Feige was from. still able to pluck him and find him. Yeah. Um, I also read that he wrote the initial screenplay for Disney's 2016 Moana, which is maybe how he got introduced to the MCU because in 2017, obviously, uh, Ragnarok comes out. But the elements of his story were passed over for the finalized version. So he wanted to do more of a uh, feminist, family-oriented... They ended up going with a family and um, environmental oriented yeah. story, um, which uh, was, uh, what's his name now? Oh, I don't know. It came out good, though. I really uh, like Moana. But what's his, what's his name? The the guy that made the, I mean, he's super famous now. It's going to drive me nuts. People are going to be mad at me for not, not remembering it. Um, there are a lot of names going through my head. He also has since worked on Jojo Rabbit, which is supposed to be amazing. And The Mandalorian, and will be a part of the MCU's future, of course. They love he, him. He directed one or two of the episodes of Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. Um, $180 million budget, $854 million box. He nails it. 2018, February, Black Panther is released. Directed by Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. Had previously co-written and directed Creed in 2015. From what I've seen, he is the first black African-American director in the MCU films. He's only 34 years old. This guy is a rocket ship right now. Oh, yeah, he's young. Uh, yeah. Black Panther is the highest grossing film of all time by an African-American director, and I believe he deserves one of these. Give it up. Uh, uh. Nope, that's not loud enough for me. Yep. That's uh, not loud enough for me. <laughs> Ryan Coogler, though, that's awesome. $200 million budget, $1.348 million box, or billion-dollar box, I'm sorry. Won three Oscars, nominated for four. Uh, just a beautiful movie. Yeah, I, I hope if he won all that, he only he didn't lose. He didn't make less than budget. Yeah, no, I, 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 it was a misprint. It's a billion. Um, but, yeah. but Brian Coogler, well done. Yes. And then you have Chadwick Boseman. Yes. Oh, love him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Uh, and then uh, just so many. Uh, Forrest Whitaker's in that movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then the actresses, they yeah. use, just I mean, just all around well done. Yeah. Uh, April. Okoye, she's such a great supporting actress. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, I don't know, the, I can't remember the name of the actress off the top of my head. 2018, though, April, uh, Avengers Infinity War comes out. Shortly after, right? So February, Black Panther, April, Avengers Infinity Wars. Directed by the Russo brothers. Written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Uh, $325 to $400 million budget. $2.048 billion in the box. Nominated for one Oscar. May. Did you let did you like Stephen get into, into third base? Nah, I just let him get in McFeely. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, May, Deadpool 2 by 20th Century Fox drops. July, Ant-Man and Wasp. Good. I, I, I like the Deadpool too. I like the first one better, though. The first one is better, yeah. Uh, July, Ant-Man and Wasp drops, and people love Ant-Man and Wasp. It is mm-hmm. ranked in the top five of most people's lists. No, I, was, I, 
before I watched Infinity War. So uh, for for you guys who don't know, I, I don't watch every single movie of Edge's Just Away, but um, I do watch the most important ones, like the ones that are super, super important. I watch every single one of them. So, uh, Oh, I've seen them all. Poo I'm just you. saying as I'm taking notes. Okay. Um, and so <laughs> I, I watched Infinity as I'm taking notes. It took me like seven and a half pages of notes. I'm going to have to, to really edit it down. Yep. Um, I'm going to really gut out a lot of it. And then same with Endgame. I'm going to have to do the same thing, write the whole thing out, and then gut a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then just do Spider-Man Far From Home. So I'll just touch on Spider-Man Far From Home because um, it's not – I mean, it's. and I remember the movie. I've seen it multiple times. It's good. And like just like all these, I've seen them multiple times, including Black Panther, which is just amazing. Um, Deadpool 2. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp is one of the ones I watched because it's yep. – it's integral. very, very well done too. And it's very integral. And you need the quantum realm. Yes. It's, it's super integral. And, and Louis, so we can, I can watch that Louis clip on a loop all the time. Mm. It's crazy. Super fine. Crazy super fine. <laughs> super fine. And that's, that's the first one. No, I know. And, and then the, the second, second one, one is, yeah. he's, he's telling the story. He's like, yeah, he's just, that's where he is. Mostly speaking. Where is he? Literally speaking. Oh, the woods. The woods. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so October. You put a call um, in the jukebox. Gotta let that shit play. So, so Amanda Wasp, Amanda Wasp in July, directed by Peyton Reed. Um, 130 to 195 million dollar budget. 622.7 million dollar box. October that year, Venom came out by Columbia Pictures. I can't. I don't like the movie at all. Brandon likes the movie. Um, so that is what it is. 2019. Captain Marvel's good. No, not Captain Marvel. I'm talking about Venom. Oh, um, Venom. Yeah, I enjoyed Venom. I didn't like it. So 2019, March 2019, Captain Marvel comes out, directed it wasn't by. Great. It wasn't great. It was good. Yeah. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, uh, it so trash. March 2019, Captain Marvel, directed by filmmaking duo Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They worked together on Half Nelson, Sugar, It's Kind of a Funny Story, and Mississippi Grind. Mm. More of uh, So Half Nelson is actually has Ryan Gosling in it, in it. I think it won a few awards or was nominated. Mm. Supposed to be really good. Um, 125 to $275 million budget. He's a teacher, I believe. $1.128 billion box. They're more of a melodramas. Mm. Um which they did a really good job with Captain Marvel. Again, I think um, I thought her performance was a little stiff, but still not bad. Mm. Um, April, Avengers Endgame comes out, directed by the Russo brothers again, same writers as well. Uh, $356 million budget, $2.798 billion box to set the record. June, Dark Phoenix comes out. Yeah, it's wild. This is bad. $200 million budget, $252.4 million box. Damn. Yeah. That's a flop. Damn. Uh, Disney's acquisition of Fox happened in March of the year. Uh, but Dark Phoenix is is from Fox and not the MCU because it was already in production and getting ready to be released before the acquisition happened. Uh, New Mutants came out in 2020, was the official last Marvel film from Fox. Yeah. Uh, not through Disney and Marvel. Yeah. In July of that year, Spider-Man Far From Home, directed by John Watt, directed by, or written by Chris McKinney and Eric Summers, $160 million budget. Summers. $1.132 billion box. Similar situation to Homecoming. Far From Home also really, really yeah. good. If Far From Home, I, I, I might like better than Homecoming. And um, uh, and it's and it has everything to do with uh, Magneto. Um, what's his name? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He uh, uh, does Mac- an absolutely yeah. amazing job. Magneto? No. I mean, uh, Mysterio? Mysterio, thank you. I don't you. know I'll say Magneto. I wanted to say, say Mephesto, and I was like, yeah, that's not right no, at all. No. no, Mysterio. I kept saying Magneto. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Mysterio. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal absolutely slays this movie. And there's been rumors of him coming back, but there's issues with him being owned by Sony at the same time. So there's, we have something to happen with that. Okay, uh, 2021. We're not going to touch on 2021 and 2022 and beyond because we're stopping at the Infinity Saga, which Spider-Man Far From Home is the end of it. 
Uh, but this year, slated WandaVision already came out. Falcon Winter Soldier starting. Loki series supposed to come out. What the blank is supposed to come out. And possibly Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Hawkeye is this year or next year. Uh, Black Widow movies coming out in July now, I think. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings supposed to come out at the end of the year. Venom, there will be Carnage. Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home. All slated to come out in 2021. 2022, Morbius, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Looking forward to it. Thor, Love and Thunder, supposed to be good too. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Manium are all slated to come out. I'm sure 2022 will have more as well. Those are just the ones that are are confirmed at this moment. And and that'll bring us out of our very long, long but very well-researched, thank you, timeline. All right, long episode. Yep. I'm long-winded. I'm tired yep. now. Okay, now you just got to figure out oh, shit. some shit. Shit. Okay, uh, do you want me to reread them? See this tired dog right here? Just woke up from a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want me to reread them for yes. you? Okay. Yes. Paul Bettany uh, <laughs> suffered from laryngitis from filmmaking A Knight's Tale in 2001 due to all the yelling he had to do to portray Joffrey Chancer. Um. After getting married, Zoe Saldana and her husband, Mark Marco Priego, took on one another's surnames. Zoe became Zoe Saldana Priego, or Zoe Priego, and Marco became Marco Priego Saldana, or Marco Saldana. They named their twins with their last name structured Priego Saldana. Mark Ruffalo was a three-time state champion in wrestling in high school. That's how he got the Oscar nomination for Foxcatcher. The last one is Don Cheadle is exactly to the day eight years older than the late Chadwick Bosman. Chadwick being born November 29th, 1964, and Bosman being born November 29th, 1972. Figure that shit out, Justin. These are good facts. Well done. Thank you. I told you I was going to try this time. I'm going to go with the Don Cheadle, Chadwick Bosman. Nope. Damn it. That is the truth. Damn it. You want to try one more? Okay. Bettany. Nope, that also happened. Saldana? Nope. Mark Ruffalo. I knew he was a wrestler, though. He so yep. Yeah, that's why I like how. <laughs> so he uh, he didn't he didn't win any state champions. He he was uh, um, he he wrestled. He had um, he didn't really have any distinctions. He was just a good wrestler, more like kind of like me, you yeah. know, uh, like a like a solid wrestler, but never won anything big. See, I thought he won a few because I knew he was a really good wrestler. Yeah. He yeah. was, yeah, but he never won anything big. He never did anything with it. But yeah, he was a good wrestler. Mm. Yeah. Never, never want to say it three times. Yeah, he never. I was like, Saldana one sounds exactly true. Uh, Ruffalo sounds true because he's a very good wrestler. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go with the birthdays, even though it seems a little too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a good one, right? That was good. I was very proud of myself. I'll give you. I'll give you a <laughs> ace. Ice. Oh, oh, sorry. Go very quiet. I think it deserved okay. more than that. All right. Especially after the last two nope, I did. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys like the information given in this episode. There's a lot of it. I know. But it, it helps set up the universe you know today. It really is how do we get here. That's how we got to where we're at with Marvel Universe. Um, thank you, Brandon, for stopping by. Thank you, Oliver, for all your hard work. Logan, thank you for yeah. stepping up for Thank Brandon. you, Justin, for doing the... <laughs> Fuck you, Logan. <laughs> thank you, Justin, for doing the research and the editing for this uh, this episode. Um, yep. I will have the next one ready, which we're going to record like to what tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, we will be... Uh, back in here at the studio tomorrow to, to knock out the next episode. So three weeks in a row, we've un- unprecedented as far as full episodes. Um, we've done one that one short bonus episode that one time, but yeah. other than that, it's but it's been, Marvel, so we get super excited. Yeah, we it was just it's a marvelous time. Yep. 
But uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, and then thank you, Oceus, and thank you, Anchor, also for, for being our sponsors and selling amazing products. Yep. Um, thank you, Isaac, for the music. He's working on actually some new theme music for him, even though we do love ooh, the I song. I we're going to keep that secret. I well maybe he's not. I do love the song. Hope you guys enjoyed the full song. <laughs> it's too late. Yes, I do and too. Uh, I enjoyed too. And yeah, I, I wonder what you guys think. I, I've listened to every bit of Isaac Lesage has put out. He really is a very good artist, and, and very, I'm not just good. saying that just yep. because he's my brother's friend. I'm I genuinely uh, I will sign. Yep. My name next on the dotted line. Very uh, fortunate to, to have a to friend him. who's that talented. He that, very that makes he things really us, yes. really is. <laughs> um, his, his music is going to be a staple in the in the rest of my life and and you know in the past too because I've listened to him before. But uh, I, I I took the chance to just sit down and listen to everything. Yep. And man, feedback loop is one of my favorites too. Man, oh his, hold on, yeah. hold on. It, feedback loop is very good, but I would like to say, I love wander. Um. Uh, uh, shoot, hold on, hold on. I ha- I have him in my library. Okay, Wander, I really liked. Um, um so I liked uh, Post Grad. Post Grad was good. Yep. Uh, Saintly and the Crack. The Crack really is good, very good. Which is in the same uh EP as yeah the three as, songs and, yes. and they're just yeah Saintly uh, the uh, Crack and Feedback Loop. Yeah. Yeah, Feedback Loop. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so uh, Cage <laughs> Boy, uh, which is a single, <laughs> super super good. And and there's more than that, man. I, go go listen to his music. Seriously, yeah. Isaac Sage is, is a very you good artist. Haven't you listened are to not the end. wasting your time. And if you haven't listened to the end of the last episode, I do play all of Feedback Loop. If you want to just get a taste, yeah, you want a little, little taste. Yep. Uh, but that's it, Isaac Sage. Go ahead and take us out, brother. Are you yawning in the middle of this while I'm breaking it down? Huh? Did you hear what I said? I stopped listening when you said we need a plan. I see Mr. Clean over here is on his own page. See, not winging it isn't really what I do. Uh, what exactly is it that you do? Kick names, take ass. All right. Uh, just get over here, please. Mr. Brand, come sit down. Mr. Brand. Brandon is fine. We got to coalesce. Because if all we come out of this with is a plucky attitude... Dude, don't call me plucky. I don't know what it means. All right? We're optimistic. Yes. I like your plan, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Maybe I should tell him about the dance-off to save the podcast. What dance-off? It's not, it's not. Like in Footloose the movie? Yes, it's exactly like Footloose. Isn't that like the, still the greatest movie in history? It never was. I should encourage this. All right, uh, I'm not going to get anywhere here with Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, by the way, is a compliment. Don't forget we're brothers. So that 100% of me, that's stupid, that's 100% of you. Your math is blowing my mind. Excuse me, does your dog do that often? Ollie, we all right?